Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. All of the action. All the latest news from the pits and paddock. Informed comment and analysis. There is only one authority on endurance racing. And one place to listen. RadioLeMans.com Then we got Nicola Tardy for, as, the, as I mentioned, the classic and modern racing crew. Number 26, Flick Haig will start the Audi for Optimum Motorsport. Fifth row, 51 and 71, Thomas Fleur and Philippe Barreros. The sixth row will be Bilorba Corsa's Ferrari, Cedric Mezar, alongside Ivor Dunbar in the FF Corsa Ferrari. So FF Corsa not going the route that they took at uh, Red Bull Ring, starting with Johnny Molin. He'll do the second stint. And the final car on the seventh row to make it a 13-car field, number 14, the A, of course, entered Ferrari 458 of Pierre-Marie Delina to hand over to Adrian Delina. So we saw at the Red Bull Ring, Johnny, as the cars come down, the end of the Mestral straight now, they, of course, are taking the full length of the Mestral, Mestral straight, not taking the cut-through chicane gentlemen, for the GT3s. Up, please. Gentlemen, please catch up the leading car. Eduardo uh, Freitas just asks for the drivers to form up in grid formation um, we saw at the Red Bull ring Johnny Molan start the race as the higher ranked driver, that didn't quite work out for Johnny with the chaos we saw at turn one uh, not of his making of course uh, but uh, Matteo Crisoni will be looking to do something similar to see whether or not he can gain an advantage here, but one of the advantages that certainly some of the, uh, the bronze ranked drivers have certainly told me is what they're enjoying about the GT3 Le Mans Cup is that they get over an extended period of time the opportunity to measure themselves against their peers mm. and it is about uh, developing skill sets for the teams and the drivers but in particular the bronze rank the gentleman drivers they get into eventually two by two formation messy at the moment but that will sort itself out i'm sure but you made the point about Johnny Molin. That plan would have worked, I think. Oh, yeah. Still, I mean, he came in for his stop well up the field. Yes, he did. Had he not had the incident at Turn 1, that could have been a very useful strategy. Having lost I'm, almost a lap. I'm almost surprised that FF Corsa aren't going that same route. But then again, that's up to them. The pace car jigs to the right and into the pit lane entry. And now, to dictate the pace, is Alexi Bassoff ahead of Round 4 of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. It's a two-hour race. Ferrari versus Aston Martin front row. McLaren versus Porsche second row. The Aston, though, is a little bit ahead there. And will Sally Yollock be uh, pulled as far as that being a dodgy start? We'll wait and see. He's got the race lead. And Alexi Bassoff, you can tell, is not happy about that at all. Immediately jinx the driver's right to repay the favour. Meantime, can everyone else get through cleanly to number one? We've seen it uh, many times before that uh, there's been a clash at the first corner, that's something we don't want to see. It happened at Imola, it happened at Red Bull Ring. So far, so good. Everyone's threaded their way through turns one and two and now into three and four pretty well. It is Bassoff back in front, though, of Sally Yolick in the Aston Martin. And in third position is a hard-charging Ferrari oh, of Mattia Crisoni. Trouble for the number eight car. This was the car that had some trouble at the end of the first uh, session in qualifying. The Valorba Corsa Ferrari 458. 
started by Cedric Mezard, who had that puncture that uh, led to the red flag. He's been turned around, has dropped to the back of the field, but seemed able to continue. So just to remind you, Crisoni started fifth, he's now running third, and you can bet your bottom dollar that he's going to be challenging the top two cars by the end of this lap. Get used to the fact that we're not using the chicane as we were with the previous Renault races. So uh, it's uh, dead straight down the Mistral, the classic uh, configuration here at Le Castellet, Circuit Paul Ricard. And there's Flick Haig taking the opening stint in the Audi for Optimum Motorsport. Their first delve into Michelin GT3 oh, World nice Cup. And a the good inside. move there on the inside of Philippe Barreros, was that? Matt Rasmussen, I beg your pardon. Indeed, it's, uh, Flick Haig have been looking pretty racy. Fancies, I think, a bit of a go at uh, getting by Mark Poole here as well. So it's the Barwell Lamborghini, the Optimum Audi. It was Barreros. I should have had courage in my convictions there. Philippe Barreros starting the 71 car and he's trying to be late on the brakes there into this technical section that ends the first lap. Looking so to go back at Flick Haig there. It will be Alexi Bassoff to lead that first lap by 0.933 of a second from Sally Yollop. Then Matteo Cressoni, a great starting Matteo Cressoni in the number seven BMS Scuderia Italia 458, but it's four and a half litre normally aspirated V8 engine. The 55 McLaren has lost a little bit of ground. It started third, it's running fifth behind Ingidio Perfetti in the Porsche 991 spec GT3. And those top five are pulling away from the remainder of the field. They are separated, the top five separated by just under three seconds. It's then a three and a half second gap before the sixth place car, the 26 Classical Modern Racing Ferrari 458 uh, with Mark Poole. Then Flick Haig and Felipe Barreros in close contention beyond that. So we're breaking into two groups here at the moment, Johnny. Uh, but Basov beginning to get away. Crisoni looking for a way by here. Sally Yollock. But Sally Yollock managing at the moment to fend off the 458. Nicola Tardif, who started on the fourth row as opposed to Mark Poole on the third row, he's got ahead of the Lamborghini Huracan from Barwell Motorsport. Side by side for second position as Crisoni is charging his way through. Remember, Silver Driver up against Bronzes and he's got the move done at scene there to take second place away from Sally Yollock in the TF Sports Aston Martin. In the background, we've got Hiroshi Hamaguchi trying to see what he can do about Egidio Profetti. Sally Yollock having another look there at uh, Matteo Crisoni. That didn't quite work. That's dropped him back a little into the clutches of Egidio Profetti. And all of this is allowing Alexi Basov to get away. I thought that uh, Crisoni had overdone it a little bit through that corner, and that would have allowed the number 34 Aston back up the inside. Sally Yollock thought about it, but then decided it was better to ease off. He's going to take another stab at it, though, as he works his way through that tight left-hander, which then comes through to the 100-degree right-hander that takes them back onto the main straight again for the second time. Already nearly had uh, five minutes of this two-hour affair. Remember, that it's the bronze driver that needs to do the bulk of the driving here. Over the line they go. Yolok again looking up the inside briefly, trying to sell the dummy to Matteo Crisoni. He's too old a hand for that one, though. Turkish driver takes the wider line through turn two. Shadia Perfetti closes the gap again. Hiroshi Hamaguchi still st uh, sticking in there. It's the variety that really does appeal, doesn't it, with these GT3 cars. And four cars in a row, four very different cars, with a fifth a little further up as Perfetti looking around the outside of the Aston Martin. No way through there. 
So SMP Racing Ferrari 488, Alexi Basov leads Matteo Crisoni in the BMS Scuderia Italia car. Team managed by none other than Christian Pescatori again this weekend. Tom Ferrier's TF Sports fields the third place car. That's Sally Yolok in the Aston Martin. Then there's Judio Perfetti. We'll share this car this weekend with Ben Barker having his first GT3 ride in the 88 Porsche 911 GT3R. Then Hiroshi Amaguchi in the 55 FF. F Racing by ACM indeed uh, team managed by Andrea Caldarelli yes so lots of uh, current and indeed X Racing drivers involved on the pit wall here as well yep ACM being Andrea Caldarelli Motorsport there is the move from Chris Zoni then to the right of your picture up alongside Hiroshi Hamaguchi in the McLaren there was a little bit of contact there and almost three abreast you know we weren't far away from more contact at turn one but everyone did pretty well to get through meantime there was that fight up ahead between Sally Yolok and Alexi Basov that eventually went the way of the Russian but it took a while for the pendulum to swing in his direction and that new Ferrari 488 I'll just correct what I said a short time ago it's a minimum drive time for any driver regardless of ranking of 55 minutes so you would sense that most teams will keep their bronze driver in for that minimum 55 minutes and give the other hour and five to their pros or to their silver, gold, bronze drivers, whichever they have. Presoni is a silver, as I've mentioned, but we do have some gold drivers in the field, including Adrian Quave Hobbs and Sahela Yari, Johnny Molan, and Steve Hies. So the top five cars, all of the 201s, that's quicker than the cars following can manage at the moment. Uh, top four, five cars now separated by 4.2 seconds, pulling away an eight second gap ahead from Nicola Tadif in sixth position in the 26 Ferrari 458. Sony beginning to open up a gap over the Aston Martin. Sally Hillock running a little wide there. Doesn't allow Eugenio Perfetti too much of an edge, but uh, the Porsche is still very much in contact with the Aston Martin. Gucci staying in touch as well in the, the uh, McLaren. We'll see Adrian Quay Pons aboard that car later. Still no progress being made by Pierre-Marie de Lina. We wonder whether there was an issue for the number 14 car during qualifying this morning. It's not showing a tremendous pace. It's not any stretch of the imagination. 2.12.0 is the car's best lap time. Let's see what uh, Adrian can do when he takes over that yellow number 14 car. Meanwhile, Hiroshi Hamaguchi. Way wide. Yes, very dusty indeed out there. And, Ooh, and the tyres don't Pretty wayward there as well. Ow. Is that because he's run off the track and uh, those tyres need a few more corners to become I scrubbed? Probably, probably so. Somewhat uh, spirited entry to see there last time around. Didn't pay off the McLaren man. He's been off on the high friction stuff. That may well have worn flat all four tyres and they'll be a bit like a 50 pence piece now and for a few I'm laps. I'm going to predict there's trouble ahead here for Sally Yolok because Tom Ferrier has been summoned to race control. That will, I'm sure, be for that uh, start, where Sally definitely was ahead of the pole position car at the start of the race. It didn't last for very long, but that's not the point. The field's progress to the start of the race is governed by the pole position car. It's not a staggered grid, of course. It's meant to be a two-by-two, side-by-side rolling start grid, but that means you cannot be ahead of the guy that you're alongside, particularly as Alexi Basov had pole position. If anything, you give a slight advantage to the number 72 car. 
and then McCarthy is first across the line at the start and of course there is a timing beam there and they will have access to exactly which, when, which car went over the line but visually the Aston was ahead so it'd be interesting to see which way that decision goes but for the moment the Aston Martin is running in third position behind Matteo Cressoni in the rapidly starting number seven BMS Scuderia Italia car he's sharing that with Luigi Lucchini who has a pole position earlier on this year. He was, he's, he's quick, Luigi Lucchini, and certainly in this company, very quick. And Crisoni, last time around, uh, puts in the fastest lap of the race at the moment. It is just a couple of hundred, in fact, just over a hundred of a second quicker than the fastest we've seen from Alexi Bassol, which was set on the same lap. So two minutes, 0.928 for Crisoni, two minutes, 0.940 for Bassol, 4.58 plays 4.88. 2.4 seconds is the gap between the two generations of Ferrari. And with Victor Scheitart still to come in the 72 car and uh, Luigi Lacchini in the 7 car, that's going to be interesting. Meanwhile, a change further down the order for 11th position as Cedric Mezar has made a move on Ivor Dunbar to take 11th place away in the FF course of Ferrari 4s to 12th. After that spin early in the race for the number 8 car. And Johnny Molum still to come for that. Started ahead of uh, Dunbar, didn't he, on the grid, but uh, dropped back, but he's got that place back again. Lap times are coming down. In fact, the top three in quick succession set the fastest laps of the race. It was uh, uh, went to Alexi Bassov. It's now gone to Sally Yolok. Two minutes, point six zero two. He just edges back a couple of tenths on the leading pair. It's still two and a half seconds. The gap between the 72 and 7 Ferraris, then the 34, Aston Martin we're looking at now that we think may have questions to answer in the stewards' office. Then the 88, Porsche and the 55 McLaren, that is the lead group, though the McLaren is beginning to drop back a little now. So Bassoff leading by two and a half seconds from Crisoni, Yolok, Egidio Perfetti and Hiroshi Hamaguchi and Hamaguchi starts a, a decent lap for him could be the car's best so far Nicola Tardif who is a bit of an unknown quantity as far as uh, Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup racing is concerned welcome to the classic and modern racing garage in place of Nicola Misla and also no Pazivier as we were explaining a little earlier on Classic and change at that uh, crew. Sorry, classic and modern racing taking on the uh, affairs and assets of Sport Garage, a team with uh, a number of cars of their own and indeed with customer car programs to cope with as well in a range of GT championships, and a range of different makes and models of GT3 cars involved there too. It's a, a Ferrari 458 GT3, it is for this race. And Sahela Yari. When was the last time he raced GT3 then? Oh, that's a question. Yeah. Clearly a name I know from other endurance racing, but uh, prototypes, not necessarily this level of GT racing. But uh, I'm sure it will be insightful for him if he's been away from GT cars with anti-lock braking and with traction control. There are driver assists on these cars to help the bronze drivers, the lesser experienced drivers, to help bridge the gap between the, the talent, I suppose, or abilities that continue to get better because, of course, the bronze driver, the onus is on the, on those guys and girls with Flick Haig, part of the uh, 
paddock this weekend. They have to qualify the car, the lesser experienced driver, and they have to do a minimum of 55 minutes drive time in this two-hour race. And that's the one thing that this GT3 type racing has over every every other GT3 racing, you could argue. Real emphasis on bronze drivers. Indeed. And beginning the Michelin GT3 Amon Cup. Late starter this year in terms of getting the promotional effort together, beginning to attract attention. We've got new teams here, and uh, people within some of those teams. It is a drive-through penalty for the car 34 from the jump start. That's going to drop the Aston out of immediate contention, and that will be bitter goal for Sally Yollock. Remember, coming here as championship leaders by a point over Alexi Basov and Victor Scheitar at the start of this race, all four drivers tied together on 52 points. The 34 crew, here's a replay by the way, of the start, and you can clearly see there's about a half a car's length advantage, in fact it's more than that, with very nearly the rear wheels of the Aston level with the front wheels of the Ferrari. Alexi Basov, it's entirely up to him to judge the pace and to make sure that it's respectable but he doesn't have to push on and make sure that he's level with the Aston it's Sally Yollock's responsibility to stay back or certainly stay level with the Ferrari and it can't come as a huge surprise for the Turkish driver that he has to come in and serve this drive-through penalty that will peg him back certainly the 34 crew leading the team's championship coming here to France as well by 16 points over the Triple F racing team by ACM McLaren 650S and third in the championship a further two points back Mentos Racing's Porsche number 88 Sally Hiller gets to the end of the pit road the next group go by so he's got traffic as well as lost time to deal with now comes out ahead of Flick Haig who is battling away with Thomas Fleur there the silver Ferrari 488 up the inside there of the grey silver white and orange optimum Audi but Flick going for a look back up the inside and makes the move good fair driving this for ninth position on the road and it speaks too soon but no they both avoided contact now into this tricky section after that uh, rapid left right flick here at Le Castellet then the tight right hander and then they work their way round this ever opening right hander that then leads onto a just a cheeky left hand kink and then it is full throttle for a long time down the famous Mistral straight sometimes the wind can be in your favour sometimes it can be right in your face sometimes possibly most awkwardly of all it's a crosswind right across the bows of your car as you head down the Mistral straight tricky to get the car set up although there's not much of a breeze here this weekend slightly on yesterday very very still day on Friday oh now what's happened here again off track for Hiroshi Hamaguchi and the car looking very very dusty indeed Flick Haig has got back past Thomas Fleur to cement for, for the moment ninth position and was that the McLaren ahead of them well I think it's been delayed again it, it, is. it, it, it is. is quite right that, and that may be a puncture not that side if it is it's running off track deliberately so no, looks like all the tyres are inflated there unless Hiroshi Hamaguchi can feel some kind of vibration or slow puncture looks like Hiroshi's going to bring the car oh not quite at that point where he decides whether to bring it down pit road I can't imagine he's lost a lot of time there exactly I think there's got to be an issue here 
And the, the 55 car, driven by Hiroshi Hamaguchi, the Japanese, That's may well... Lane. Yeah, there we go. Into the pit lane it comes. Hiroshi Hamaguchi's best result so far. Two second places, both at Imola and the road to Le Mans, and a rotation for the number 66 Lamborghini Huracan of Barbell Motorsport. That's Mark Poole currently at the wheel, whilst running in seventh position. Sixth. Sixth place because of the issues for Hiroshi Hamaguchi. And he's obviously now going to lose places after contact oh with Sally Yolok. Now, is that going to mean another return to the pit lane, potentially, for Sally Yolok? There was not a gap there for no, me. No, I'm afraid not. That was down to the Aston Martin driver, I'm afraid. Trying to make up for lost time. So, from vantage point here, I can see that the McLaren's engine cover is up. OK, so it is concerned not for a deflating tyre or a vibra vibration, but an issue for the power plant in that uh, McLaren 650S. It's a 3.8-litre V8 twin-turbocharged, and the team are working frantically on that car, just trying to work out what the problem is. Now we can see it. So engine cover off. Various other bits, other components have been stripped away so that the team can search away in the engine bay. Maybe it's an electrical-related problem. Difficult to tell from... I've never worked on a McLaren 650S, I have to say. I'll tell you, I was watching them working on the car when they had the problem yesterday, and it's in the same area. Oh, yes, OK. Incident involving Sally Yolok and Mark Poole under investigation, which doesn't... Uh, Grab me as a massive surprise, I have to say. Doesn't do anything for, uh, for, for the moment, but this is not my surprise face. No, I can see that. And Sally York has had a great season up until now in the it, Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. Faultless at Emily. Mm. It was a, a superb run from Sally Yollock. Yeah. The difficulty is, of course, you you start the race on the back foot, having uh, you know started in the wrong position effectively and jumped the start and very very easy for one penalty to lead from an initial penalty and the race to slowly unwind and get away from you so if another penalty is to come their way just a question of collecting his thoughts and trying to get things back in the right direction but it's tricky I suppose from a psychological point of view having lost the championship lead and Alexi Passoff and Victor Scheitar do look like they're going to take some stopping as far as this inaugural season for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup is concerned but you and Hanky will want to Sally Yollock to be in a good frame of mind heading into the next portion of his stint. There's a Gideon Perfetti for Mentos Racing, car number 88. Using plenty of kerb, but making sure at least one of the wheels on his Porsche stays the right side of the white line. This is the third-placed car then, having just done Egidio's best sector two time. And Nicola Tardif also sets a PB through sector two on this lap. The gap between third and fourth place cars is significant. It's 20 seconds now between the 88 Porsche and the classic and modern racing Ferrari, number 26. But Alexi Batsov enjoying a 2.7 second lead during this, the 10th lap of the fourth round of the season for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. And crucially, that means that Matteo Cressoni has not been able to make inroads into that advantage. And uh, this is, of course, the silver-ranked driver against the bronze-ranked driver, it means that uh, theoretically, at the very least, the, the better driver in SMP is to come versus the less good driver, or the, the, the less quick driver, for BMS. Victor Shaitan amongst his uh, 
trophy cabinet. Uh, title wins in the GTC class, I'm pretty certain, a couple of years back in the LMS, and then GTE AM uh, winner in the FIWC and a GTE Ferrari 458. By the way, further down the order, Thomas Fleur has now got in front of Flick Haig, but because of problems for Mark Poole and for Hamaguchi, Flick Haig's actually gained a spot. So she's lost one to Thomas Fleur, but in the grand scheme of things, has moved from ninth to eighth in the Optimum Motorsport Audi R8. But for the moment at least, we've got a three-car battle for fourth because uh, we've got Nicola Tardif with Felipe Barreros uh, right together, being caught now by uh, Sally Yulluk. Caught quickly, and uh, here are the two Ferrari 458s. That's the uh, the classic modern racing car, the red and white car, then the yellow and white car, the AF Corsa machine, then the unmistakable profile of the Aston Martin V12 Vantage. CF Sport car, the third in the row here, but the quicker of the three cars at the moment on track. Still to come aboard that car. Sohi Liari still to come for the car. Up the inside he goes, ahead of the 71 car. Sally Yorick now has to deal with Nicolas Tardif for fourth position. Yep, so fifth place to Yorick. Can he get up to fourth position before we hear any further news on Tom Ferrier's latest trip to race control? for the 34 car interesting to see that the number 22 Aston Martin is also here this weekend although not being raced that was the Andrew Jarman Devin Medell car that we saw at uh, the road to the mall and there was a 19 GT3 cars as part of the very first road to the mall event on Saturday morning of the weekend of the great 24 hours of the mall and the GT3 cars were joined for that one-off event by LMP3 cars as well that so far are not eligible for the 24 hours big success with the watching crowds yeah certainly a lot of very good fan feedback that I've been seeing all over social media some private conversations as well but uh, people want to see it back and I'm sure we will expecting further boosts to numbers in both LMP3 and for that matter in this championship next year a great opportunity to actually try the that, that great circuit out, the eight and a half miles of the 24 hours of the month, admittedly not in the 24 hours itself, but as a support race, and as a number of drivers have said to me this weekend, the prize money in this cup uh, is, relatively speaking, very, very good indeed for winning races and indeed winning the championship. So, as well, I've been fond of reminding LMP1 drivers in uh, the WEC, you get more prize money for winning this championship than you do for first, second and third put together in the Le Mans 24 hours. It's 100,000 euros. Indeed, yes. So within GT3 circles, very, very competitive indeed. And again, a great carrot to tempt more cars, more drivers into a, uh, a championship, a cup that's still very early on in its days. Of course, this is only round four of its history. It started in 2016, and we do hope that in 17 the numbers will continue to grow. Sally Yulluk now getting onto terms for the moment at least with the fourth position Nicola Tardif car but, uh, Tom Ferrier has been called back to race control you would have to guess after that clash in the turn one Meanwhile we're going to head down to the pit lane to get a first word for this race from Charlie George who's found uh, something to talk to 
Yeah, I'm down here with Adrian Quaypobs. Um, it's so disappointing to have the race go like this. It was a really strong qualifying from Hiroshi, but that car's not looking very happy. No, we, I don't know what, we had a problem with the engine all weekend. We had a brand new one come in here. Um, I did five laps yesterday. We were quickest straight away. And we stayed quickest through the whole practice on five laps. And then they fixed it. They were up all night fixing the car with a part McLaren sent to them that they said was the problem. And obviously we did qualifying and the engine, something wrong with it again. So the pace we've had has been almost disappointing because we've been so strong and we've done hardly any running and we've still been in the top well, fastest in third and the race is over now. So it's uh, with last weekend not even doing a lap as well. It's uh, not looking that great with only six rounds. Absolutely. And just how disappointing is it for you? You know, you come here and you're all ready to race and then, you know, it's not going to happen. The suit's going to come off. It's the second time. Last weekend I did five laps at Red Bull as well because obviously Hiroshi is from Japan. He doesn't know the track, so I just do a few laps and then he does all of it to learn it. And then I normally do a bit more in the race, but I've done one, well, one and a half race because Le Mans only a short one. And doing two races and not finishing two, I think that's pretty uh, a miracle if we were to come back for the championship because we had to finish these last three strong, I think, to make an impact. And obviously the car still sat behind us, so... I don't think that's going to happen this weekend. Bad luck, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, two second places so far for Adrian and for Hiroshi at Imola, and as he says, at the Road to Le Mans. But Adrian's uh, workload was not great at the Road to Le Mans. It really only half a race because that was a one-hour affair. So uh, that's, that's a very tough, disappointed professional oh, racing driver, it's isn't it? So because you, you travel all this way, you put all that effort in. As he said, the, the guys at the team were up all night trying to fix the car, and that is no way to reward them but sometimes motorsport just keeps on biting and then eventually it will go right but as he says to uh, to win the championship from here is going to be a tough old ass particularly because of the form of this car and its two drivers Basov at the wheel at the moment Victor Scheitar to take it over and Basov is pulling away now four seconds to the good now from Matteo Cressoni still in the 201s both these drivers and gradually 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 the newer car is exerting its authority there is the gap but that gap has come out from about two and a half seconds to now just over four and uh, these two cars have a five second advantage now over Eugenio Perfetti in the number 88 Porsche and uh, Ben Barker still to come in that car of course that will be an interesting change we'll wait to find out what happens with Sally Yuluk now up into fourth position again so only one place further back than he was before that's drive-through penalty but of course has lost something like 25 seconds to the uh, cars that were previously around him so it's <laughs> the figure of, uh, you know, figure of fate has uh, dealt a couple of prodding blows hasn't it to this race in the early running uh, at 90 minutes 92 minutes still to go so two-thirds of the race still to run and the professional drivers for the most part still to be introduced into proceedings at around the halfway point so the gap, 5.3 seconds from Crisoni to Perfetti, and that is continuing to open up with Crisoni, the silver driver, Egidio Perfetti, an impressive bronze driver, though, has shown good speed wherever he's been so far this year. Sally Yolok having done a 202.160, which is matching the pace from Egidio Perfetti, but needing to catch up the 26 seconds lost and a bit more after that drive-through. 
fastest lap so far, actually set by Sally Yollock on uh, Sally Yollock on the fifth lap of the race, two minutes 0.602 seconds. And Mark Paul now going quicker than that car's managed so far in the race. Now Hamaguchi is back out according Excellent. to that, so that's good news. Hiroshi Hamaguchi. There he is on track. Um, six laps down, unfortunately, but. Nevertheless, any sort of mileage that the Japanese can get will be useful for the future, you could argue. Best uh, battle on track at the moment is undoubtedly the one for fifth position. It's between the two of the Ferrari 458s. Nicolas Tardif in the classical modern racing 26 car being chased down by Felipe Barreros in the number 71 AF Corsa car. And there's a problem there, and that is for the second place car. Matteo Cressoni has got a left rear puncture. Mm. And that is Agilio Perfetti on the Mistral straight, blowing by the BMS Scuderia Italia car as that tyre is beginning. So Perfetti to, to second place, we should say. But yes, the tyre starting to break up, delaminate in a massive way. And I'm fearful that there are chunks of Ferrari also falling off together with the rubber. It's going to start to flail and rip away at that bodywork. It work. already is. Yeah, it already, already is. It's uh, nibbling away already. It's a bit too fast from Crisoni. I realise he's impatient to get the car back again, but there's a fair few more corners he needs to negotiate. And the tyre is working its way loose. If it can come off entirely from the wheel, that's probably the best thing for it. But it's going to take a fair old time for that to happen. Um, I'm not sure yet. Let's keep an eye on because there is some debris on the uh, Mistral straight close to the braking zone. I wonder whether... We might hear something from race control about this. There's debris on the racing surface. A bitter goal for BMS Scuderia Italia. There have been punctures in other categories this weekend. Rear left, susceptible, and there's a safety car out. And a half an hour in, so this is going to bunch everybody up. All of a sudden, the 9.9 second lead evaporates, and Isidio Perfetti will be right on the tail of Alexi Bassoff at the restart. So, well, this will spice things up, will it not? And uh, depending on how quickly the 7 crew can deal with this tyre, hopefully the 7 car will oh, stay on the goes the, back. There goes the carcass of the tyre. That's probably a good job as far as the bodywork's concerned. But, yeah, depending on how long this debris is going to take to clear up, then Crisoni should be able to get in, get a fresh tyre on that rear left corner and join the safety car Crocodile without losing too much time at all. Indeed, but he will lose position. Yes. Uh, so he's already dropped behind the battle for fourth position, which, by the way, has seen Barreros pass Tardif. So, uh, so Felipe Barreros, that, uh, of course, was a battle for fifth before the problem for this car, the number seven car. He gets, I guess, an opportunity to get a quick sight of Christian uh, Pescatore looking after this and where did this happen it happened right at the start it did right at the start the Mistral straight and went big big time straight away well, there wasn't any sort of lurid slide that uh, Chris only had to mop up the car remained reasonably straight there's a large piece of tyre carcass though there down to the stitching that's right towards the end of the lap that came away mm. so they'll get the car the get the the, uh, the the field under control then the marshals will be able to deal with the visible debris at at least two different parts of the circuit there goes the marshal to collect the tyre carcass now and uh, there will be other attention needed to be paid at the end of the Mistral Straits team checking to make sure that nothing's come astray the inner, the inner wheel lining there 
they can take their time to a certain extent. They don't want to go a lap down. But neither do they want to be back in for more debris. No, that's a very good point. So make sure the job is done properly. It's a reasonably long lap here, 5.8 k's, and therefore the safety car at a much reduced pace will take a fair time to get around as long as the car is released before the safety car returns to the main straight they should be okay although the crocodiles already reached the end of the Mistral straight so there'll be guys on the wall keeping in contact with these mechanics on the shop floor there's also an ACO official overlooking their work to make sure everything is done by the rule book they're going to need to release that car pretty quickly if it's not going to lose the lap they could stick a tyre on it, send it out, and then bring it in next time around. Or buy them a bit more time, depending on how long the safety car stays out, of course. The tyre is back on. And what they don't want is a mechanical warning flag to be flown in their direction. So some tape required. They are going to have to shift. Just taking it off. Yeah, it's going to be sent. Off. This car is going to be sent. Just send it and maybe bring it in next time around. Make sure the car stays on the lead lap. There's still loose bodywork there. And the official, you can see in the foreground of that shot, checking that everything is right. Should be released in time. Of course, what they don't want to see is a red light at the end of the pit lane because the second car's be, going through. The, 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 the cars are not yet on the final no. uh, straight, so they should be just about right there. Well judged by BMS. And good to see there was a lot of attention going into that car being safe to release. Well, here comes the safety car, and the car is out, by the way. Matteo Crisoni has got the jump on the safety car sad to say though that Hiroshi Hamaguchi is back in in the number 55 McLaren 650 S so clearly that's not problem sorted it doesn't bode well does it no for the Japanese driver and the Chinese team racing with Brit Adrian Quave Hobbs although racing uh, might not be the case for Adrian this weekend sadly an hour and 25 minutes still to go we're on the safety car for this, the fourth round of the 2016 Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. 13 cars in the race, which isn't a record. We had 19 at Le Mans for GT3, but nevertheless going in the right direction as far as car numbers are concerned. See Cressoni under the bridge now at the far end of the Mistral Strait, making up ground on the rest of the field. As he can do, he will be aware that there's potential for debris being cleared where he drops it, both in the start and at the end of the Mistral Straits, in particular at the end where it started to bite away at the wheel arch liner. Yes, a claim that you didn't know there was any debris on the Mistral Strait wouldn't really wash, would it? Not considering it's all no. your red bodywork that's dropped off the car. Uh, uh, Hiroshi Hamaguchi has got out of the 55 car. Tough old season, it started so well for those guys. As I say, two second places, but now two retirements. And that is tricky in only a six round championship. So, safety car lights still on, the end of the long straight this time. And Hiroshi Hamaguchi may, be, may well be out of the car, but the team's still eager to work on it. Maybe in vain hope that they can get it out for one more time Crisoni is now on the uh, the lap he's, he's finished the, the, the lap and is pushing as, as hard as he feels he's able to join the back of this queue so he hasn't come in again the, no. the team are happy with safety car is coming in this lap though so Crisoni is going to have to push 
Safety car lights are off. Mm. And where will Crisoni be? Well, he was always going to be up against it. The key thing was getting him out on the uh, on the lead lap. Which He's cleared the first sector, but not the second sector. They're already towards the end of the third sector. He's going to be a very considerable period of time behind this 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 line of cars, Johnny. Yeah, but I think about they, a minute. They just couldn't have saved any more time on you know the the, the inner wheel arch no, needed the, to be the, sorted. The, the, that remainder of bodywork. Do we keep it on? Do we keep it off? And, with the scrutineer, the official, closely watching it, they really needed to take their time and then send the car at the last possible moment. We'll see how well that car does, and Luigi Lucchini needs to take over it, of course, the number seven machine as well. It's running in 11th with Matteo Crisoni at the wheel, but Alexi Bassoff resumes out front ahead of Egidio Perfetti. Uh, Sally Yolok is in third, fourth place, Philippe Barreros, fifth position for Nicola Tardif, and in sixth place, it's Thomas Fleur in the silver Ferrari, another 488. Flick Haig very close to that car as a slow number 14 machine. Now that is a lap down. It's a lap down and he's getting out of the way of the rest of the cars as they charge through. This yeah. is, of course, extremely good news for the Mentos Racing Team because they've got back all the time lost in the first 40 minutes or so of this race. Mm. And Perfetti sticking with the 488 down the Mistral Straits and the game now is going to be to do that for another 20 minutes then leave it to Victor Scheitar as Basov moves to defend the corner from Perfetti and that was two moves if you ask me which can often be frowned upon in terms of uh, committing to a line and then basically blocking your opponent so we'll wait to see whether Anything uh, needs to be judged about that, whether it needs to take uh, to be taken into consideration or reviewed by one of the stewards. But Alexi Basov leads the way, and if things stay like this, the championship, well and truly, being taken control of by Basov and Shaitar. But there's a good old way to go yet. An hour and 20 minutes still to unravel and I sense that there's still many twists and turns to come particularly my the bit I really look forward to in the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup and that's when the pros take over and the distances between the cars start to change and chop a little bit again towards the end of the lap the 72 car just pulled out a, quite an advantage there so whether Perfetti had a problem through on the turns and Charlie Yellock now on terms with Perfetti for second position but gets, I'm afraid, another drive-through penalty for that collision with car 66. I'm afraid that was inevitable. I, so I chuckle, but uh, it's no laughing matter down at TF Sport. Unfortunately, that's how quickly a race can go the wrong way. And there's confirmation that there'll be another drive-through penalty for car 34, Sally Yollock, causing a collision with car 66, the Mark Paul Lamborghini Huracan. And here it was again. There's a gap there. But I'm afraid the Aston Martin is nowhere near alongside enough to come from that far back. And it just pitches the Huracan into a spin. Very little amount of overlap in the end, actually, between Yollock and Mark Poole. And of course, the other bad news for Sally Yollock is because the field was bunched up because of the safety car, he's going to have to pass the entire field to get back into terms. Yeah. As well as making up the time he loses. That's true. Again. So, a third place for 
order at the moment, third place position at the moment rather, and that will ch change very rapidly indeed. Philippe Barreros, the first to benefit. Nicola Tardif and Thomas Fleur are in fifth and sixth position, so they'll each gain a position too. There is the 88 Mentos Racing Porsche of Egidio Perfetti to hand over to Ben Barker for this round. Oh, it's very interesting indeed to see yeah, how Ben gets to terms with this. Egidio Perfetti's regular partner, um, Klaus Backler, not here this weekend. There is Sally Yollock turning violently right into a strange old entry into the pit lane here at Paul Ricard. Have to turn sharp right and sharp left. And we've been here before, sadly, for Sally Yollock. Past goes the field. So jump start call at the start of the race. And now an avoidable incident with Mark Paul means a second drive through. And he's going to come out behind Ivor Dunbar. But in front of Matteo Cressoni. And also in front of the car that's already a lap down, Pierre-Marie Delina. And Cressoni... He's only not sneaked through, no he hasn't, has he, because uh, Delina's ahead of him on the track. A slightly bizarre situation where the 12th place car is ahead of the 11th place machine, but that's because there's a full lap between them. There's the 71, Philippe Barreros driven car, now up to third position then, and battling for that spot with Nicola Tardif in the classic and modern racing Ferrari. So that car, number 26, is set to score some decent points this weekend. Hasn't had Tardif or Sahila Yari at the wheel a bit before, but they can continue where Nicolas Misla and Mathieu Vazivier left off. Actually got a train of four Ferraris, not no to tell, but in two pairs. The battling pair for third and the battling pair for fifth with Thomas Fleur heading, uh, uh, turning off Cedric Mezard at the moment. 17 and a half minutes to the halfway mark. The gap at the front is already up to 2.3 seconds. Alexei Basov has got the legs on that Porsche. Yeah, 17 and a half minutes to the top of the hour, as it were, but it is only 12 and a half minutes before you can start to make a stop. Yep. It's a minimum drive time of 55 minutes, regardless, regardless of your driver ranking. So it makes sense to put the driver, the bronze driver in for the least amount of time, 55 minutes, and then switch to your pro, to your silver or gold driver. Nose to tail then for third and fourth, this is Nicola Tardif trying to apply the pressure to Philippe Barreros, the Portuguese driver. Barreros will hand over to Mads Rasmussen. And in fact, Barreros and Rasmussen both bronze drivers, so it's not always the case that Barreros needs to start. There's Thomas Fleur in the silver for 8-8 ahead of the number 8 Ferrari of Cedric Mezar. That's the older 458 driven by Mezar. Uh, Cressoni, by the way, is one minute, exactly one minute back from the leader at the, the end of the last lap. So that's the, the net result of that uh, puncture. So nose to tail between the two Ferraris for third and fourth. The race is led by Alexi Bassoff. But let's get some news from the pit lane now and Charlie George. Yeah, I'm down here at Mentos Racing with Ben Barker. Welcome to the GT3 Le Mans Cup. And I believe that this is your first time out in a GT3 car. It is, first race in a GT3 car. Um, I've done a lot of testing and a lot of coaching in them, but I, I've never raced one. So, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a privilege to be here with Mentos Racing and in the, uh, you know, the Le Mans GT3 Cup. And, um, yeah, it's fantastic being here and racing. You know, I'm about to jump in for my stint and, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it. 
Yeah, Didier's doing well. He's up to second position. Now you're up against the uh, very strong SMP Racing Ferrari. Do you think you can take the lead maybe from him? Um, I'm going to say it's going to be tough. I'm really going to get my head down and see where we can uh, end up uh, against the Ferrari. But the Ferrari is just so strong. Um, it's been quicker all weekend by a considerable amount. So um, it's, it's going to be tough. But um, I'm here to, 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 you know, to drive as fast as I can and try and gain as much time as I can. So fingers crossed. Hopefully we can, uh, you know, maybe there's another safety car. You never know what can happen. There's always a bit of drama in this championship. So um, hopefully from not, our, not from our side. But... Um, yeah, hoping for a strong finish. Enjoy your race. Thank you very much. Cheers. It's ben Barker, who is Eugenio Perfetti's teammate for this weekend and possibly a couple more before the season is out, depending on uh, what Klaus Backler has to plan. There's another puncture, Graham. This is a rear left again. It's a rear left for another Ferrari 458. Oh dear, oh dear. And it's the 26 car was running strong in that fourth position. Yeah, and pushing hard for third with Philippe Barreros just ahead but this is now going to help Barreros to edge away to try and secure that third step on the podium still got an hour and 14 minutes to go but the team can hopefully turn this around it looks like it might have hit later on in the lap I think it did Crisoni's. that puts Thomas Fleur in the second of the 488s up into fourth position that sets up a nice run doesn't it from Francesco Castellacci will take over in that car and he's been uh, pretty fiery for the previous rounds in this series. It's the 26 car grinds to a halt. Goes up on the jacks. The team will go to work. There's a new Michelin tyre ready. They'll check, I'm sure, to see whether or not there's a, any kind of problem there. Being close to the driver uh, changeover. Car will be released, I think, pretty quickly here. Away he goes. May well go back to Michelin for uh, evaluation, for testing, to find out exactly what went wrong. Might be a combination of the heat and also how hard the uh, Nicola Tardif was pushing to try and get by Philippe Barreros. But the tie goes bang, and that has uh, really turned the race upside down as far as classic and modern racing are concerned. So Henry Lowry still to come, but we're not yet inside the pit stop window. So Ayari wasn't able to take over at that point. Uh, very good lap uh, last time around from uh, Gidio Perfetti. He's closed the gap to the Ferrari to under two seconds now. Yeah. So that's come back down from closer to three, two seconds. So the look at the moment is making his way past Ivor Dunbar to put a, a lap on the car that will be taken over. Of course, he's not putting a lap on him. He's, he's recovering from his um, second drive-through penalty. Apologies. But it'll be Johnny Molan aboard the FF Corsa car Ivo's got into 8th position at the moment Nolik's pace still good 201.5 last time around that's quicker than Perfetti's last effort and not very far away from Bassoff's time Crisoni goes through doing a 201.1 and the fastest lap set by Yolok as I mentioned earlier on, early on in the race actually after lap 5, 2 minutes flat of course Crisoni's time in the car is running short will be pretty quick but will likely not oh that was that was oh dear yeah Flick Hay going wide into that corner again there was a gap there but she was always going to come back across to take the apex and I'm not sure she knew the Lamborghini was quite as no. close there as it was but Mark Poole that was no there was no move there from Mark there was no way no no and well he saw a door was open but what well, he didn't 
clock, unfortunately, was that Flick, I'm not sure, she knew that the Huracan was right alongside. And well and truly in the blind spot, it would appear. And that uh, was a bollard also dislodged. So are we going to see another caution? Or is there going to be a gap in traffic on Wales? This is where actually the uh, the gap back to Matteo Cressoni may be a problem. Uh, they may well not want to risk a marshal going out and collecting that bollard. That's uh, it's a shame that because that was a really good fight between four different yeah, cars. And we had uh, Fleur, Yollock, uh, who else was involved in that? Mark Poole, obviously, and Flick Hay. Those four, well, either Dunbar maybe was involved in it as well. But uh, four cars all circulating together. Sadly, it's ended up in two of them being pretty badly damaged and also a change of position. That's for third, fourth, fourth position. Fourth Cedric Mazard yeah. has gone ahead of Thomas Fleur. 458 ahead of 488 in this instance. That's the Valorba Corsa car, the red car ahead of the AF Corsa run. Silver and red 488 with Sally Yulluk bearing down again on them. It really is deja vu time, isn't it? So Cedric Mezar has actually gained two places in recent times because of the puncture for Nicola Tardif in the classic and modern racing Ferrari and that pass on Thomas Fleur. So up to fourth place then goes Mezar on a bit of a recovery drive himself after an early spin. The 51 car of Thomas Fleur is fifth. Sixth place for Sally Yollock for TF Sport. And then in seventh position it's the... Lamborghini Huracan of Mark Poole despite that damage is that correct? It is yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's not affected its performance too greatly Flick Haig obviously very delayed having been pitched into a spin and it she's is, running uh, in nine. It is the Barwell team manager that's been summoned to race control uh, Matteo Crisoni meanwhile is about 20 seconds back now from the delayed Flick Haig we'll keep an eye on Flick's pace to make sure there's no lasting damage there seems pretty pretty good so SMP racing lead by 2.3 seconds from Mentos racing and that car not very far away from the stop we reckon with Ben Barker preparing himself, Philippe Barreros driving the number 71 AF Corsa Ferrari is third ahead of the Scuderia Villorba Corsa car of Cedric Mezar, he'll hand over to Steve Hies at the pit stops in there, 458. Thomas Fleur sharing with Francesca Castellacci this weekend is fifth. And then Sally Yollock, who is due to hand over to Ewan Hankey. They, that car, number 34, is in sixth position. There is Barreros, though, about to complete lap 24. And over the line goes that car, a 203.5, which is about two seconds off the pace of the two cars ahead of it on the road, Bassoff and Perfetti in their Ferrari and Porsche, respectively. So Perfetti's been losing tenths, but no more than that over the last laps since we had the uh, safety car to Bassoff. And on one occasion, with I think a bit of a bit of a, a wild moment from Bassoff, grabbed back a second. That's restricted the damage. It's going to give us a chase, isn't it, when the, uh, the pro drivers take over? Always very enthralling now. Hopefully these Ferraris gonna get through. That looked suspiciously like a Mark Poole overtake on Flick Haig there as Thomas Fleur took a very, very different approach to that tight right hander and almost drew alongside Cedric Mezar. Thankfully contact avoided in that case as they head onto the Mistral straight now. 
So this is 458 versus 488. A normally aspirated engine in the 458 versus the twin turbocharged 488, and it's 3.9 litre engine. Sally Yollock will want to get by these Ferraris before handing the car over to Ewan Hankey. Well, he's got the pace to be able to do that, catching these two Ferraris at a fair rate of knots. The Lamborghini Huracan of Mark Poole in the background, carrying damage now on the front left corner. Into scene goes this batch of cars, though, for third, sorry, for fourth, fifth, and sixth places. And yes, if Sally Yollock can. Uh, leapfrog both of these cars before the stops that will help you and Hanky out immeasurably certainly closing on the braking there and the front engine Aston versus the mid-engine Ferraris and yeah good pace out of that slow speed corner Sally Yollock trying to get an overlap he can't do it though to drivers left there and they're now into the slightly tighter corners to end the lap there's a tight right-hander here too this brings them back onto the main straight. This time, then, Sally Yollock can get alongside Thomas Fleur, but he's going to be the wrong side for turn number one. Aston Martin has good straight-line speed, though, versus that 3.9cc twin-turbocharged V8, and he's made the move stick on Thomas Fleur. That's good driving from Sally Yollock. One more car to get by, and a minute to go before the pit lane window, the pit stop window, opens. So you would think that Sally Yollock's going to make his stop on the next lap around, certainly with the next couple of laps. And up ahead of him is Cedric Mezar in the number eight car, due to be handed over to Stevie Ayres. Both Frenchmen driving for the Italian squad, Scuderia Viorba Corsa. Meanwhile, ahead of the order, Alexi Bassoff is not easing off. He's just set the car's best time through sector two. Four seconds now is the margin, 4.2 seconds to Egidio Perfetti. Philippe Barreros in third, here comes Yolok. great run on Cedric Mezar down the Mistral straight, and no question about it, that Aston Martin is like a bullet down the straights, makes the move way before the turning point at scene corner, and that is the Aston Martin up to third, no, fourth, fourth, fourth. position for Yolok. At this point, would you leave Yolok out for another lap or two? What's the gap to Philippe Barreros? It's seven, seven seconds. seconds. Seven seconds. But uh, Yolok has been into the 201s, and we've got uh, Joe Osborne ready to get aboard the number 66 car. He looks well up for it, doesn't he? And he's now into oh, yeah. clear, clear air, that's the thing. Here comes the Mentos racing car from second position. So Basov goes around again. Perfetti pits immediately for Ben Barker. And Richard Abra waiting on the pit lane apron there to receive Mark Paul in a moment or two in the damaged Lamborghini Huracan of Barwell Motorsport. So Porsche in, nobody else stopping just yet. Bassoff stays out, as Graham says. Barreros stays out. What of Sally Yollock? He stays out, but Mezard pits, as does Thomas Fleur. So the two Ferraris that Yollock's just got through, got past decide to come down pit road. We knew about Mark Paul because Richard Abra was waiting for that number 66 Huracan so the cars that were running first third and fourth have all stayed out they're up to now first second and third obviously Flick Haig comes down the pit road in her Audi to hand over to Joe Osborne Ivor Dunbar to hand over to Johnny Moland does the same Matteo Crisoni will have to wait a moment or two to see whether stays he out. yes he does he stays out and jumps ahead of Mark Poole because of that 
And the other cars we're waiting for, Nicola Tardif, who will eventually be handing over to Saheli Yari. Not sure whether that's been done on this lap, though. And Pierre-Marie Delina to hand over to Adrian Delina. So the excitement moves, for the moment at least, from track to pit lane. Then Barker is aboard the number 88 car, about to be released. And will relish this, I'm sure. Or is there a problem at the front right corner of that car? Still on its jacks. It's lowered now. Are the team checking something just out of sight? It's very, very slow to rejoin. And yes, puzzle looks, even through goggles and helmets, I could tell. Ben Barker looking. They're not sure about this, are they? There's something going on there. Oh, now there it's goes. away. Plenty of wheel spin as well from Ben Barker, but he eased off just in time so as not to leave at solid black lines. It's going to go a lap down, though. There's the race leader who stays out, and the number 88 Porsche goes a lap down with Bassoff through. He's happy to stay out for a bit longer. Remember, the pit lane, the pit uh, stop window is open for 10 minutes. So you can stay out if you wish to. 26 car in, Nicola Tardif to hand over to Saheli Yari. And Sally Yolick decides to pit on this, the end of uh, lap 26. At the start of 27, the Matteo Grissoni, number seven Ferrari. We'll wait and see whether that uh, is going to pit on this lap. It's up but to it's fourth a, position. It's a time say, yeah. pit stop, isn't it? It's a timed pit stop. Ah, so maybe not any concern for the 88, is your suggestion? Yep. Good. Just the way they were staring down there was that something. Car, there was something what? around the front left, front right corner that the team seemed concerned about but they did that within the time allowed you and Hanky climbs aboard the number 34 car and this pogoing performance from uh, TF Sport after those two uh, drive through penalties for Sally Yulluk first for effectively jumping the start the second for contact at turn one a little later has gone through it's now Basov from Barreros those two cars have not yet pitted Victor Scheitar will be waiting to get aboard this car gorgeous looking Ferrari 488 something streaming from the front of that car it may just be a bit of tape There's something loose on the front bodywork of that car So we're now waiting for three cars to stop, aren't we? Because Crisoni's been in, but that was for a, the, the change of a tyre. And interestingly, Crisoni is precisely, almost to the tenth, the gap back from the leader that he was after his first flying lap after the safety car. He's exactly a minute back. Yes. So he hasn't gained any ground at all, but equally not lost any. The race leader's in, by the way. Not Alexi against Basel. the leader, at least. Against the leader, indeed. It's always going to be a tough job, I think, to win the race when you come in with a puncture, particularly partway down the Mistral Strait. Here is Alexi Basov to hand over to Victor Scheitart. Philippe Barreros will in a moment hand over to Mads Rasmussen. The Barreros car is in. They're both bronze drivers, remember. Nevertheless, uh, quick bronze drivers. They work well as a combination. As to these two, in fairness, Basov to Scheitart. And the brand new Ferrari 488, there goes the seat insert, hurled into the garage. They're pitting, by the way, outside the number 5680 racing garage of the European Le Mans series. Another car, though, run as this car is by uh, AF Corsa. Corsa. 
first time we saw these two in the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup, they were racing for AF Corsa, but they're now under the banner, technically speaking, of SMP Racing and scoring points for the team SMP Racing. But as you say, if you scratch beneath the surface, it is AF Corsa mechanics looking after matters. So everyone returns the right side of the white barrier in a moment or two, the white line, I should say, in a moment or two, the tyres will be changed as well. And here comes the Porsche number 88, driven by Ben Barker. It's spirited fashion. Indeed. And any concern about that slightly lengthy pit stop can be waved away because they were merely waiting for the clock to tick down to zero, together with checking that everything was OK on that front right corner. This is where we're going to see the real gap now. And, of course, the 72 car's got a very short run to the end of pit lane. They will not be held there. And away they go. And it's released as Ben Parker crosses the line. Mm. So it's the length, effectively, almost the length of the pit straight. So, gauntlet thrown down then by SMP Racing to Mentos Racing. And, of course... The Ferrari will need to work its tyres a little bit to get the best out of these Michelins, whereas Ben Barker's tyres will be fully at the temperature. And they've taken that sheen off the brand-new rubber as well. So you could argue that Ben's in a slightly better position as far as performance is concerned, but he's got, what, that two seconds, three seconds to try and find on Victor Scheitel. We'll confirm that just as soon. It's actually closer to five seconds, by the looks of things, between... Skytar and Ben Barker but 57 minutes and 50 seconds still to go in the race so plenty of opportunity for Barker to close in and for some of the other pro drivers to have a say on this result Matteo Cressoni by the way the last car to stop and does open the lead yes so at the end of lap 28 Cressoni is in to hand over to his bronze teammate Luigi Lucchini Luigi Lucchini so that will give us the running order of uh, as, uh, up the inside goes Ewan Hankey on the 71 car. That's Rasmussen at the wheel of that car now. So it will be Victor Scheitar from uh, from Ben Barker, Ewan Hankey, that's Rasmussen, Stevie S, Francesco Castellacci, Richard Ambra, Joe Osborne, Johnny Molan. Uh, it will be Sahil Ayari, although the timing of scoring still says Nicola Tardif. Adrian Delena. Now the team manager of car 88 is being summoned to race control. That is Mentos Racing. It is Mentos Racing. There was a bit of wheel spin as the car was released into the pit lane. And I wonder whether that might have been an issue. Just to, there's a rule with the ACO about a car being out of control as it is released. Leave kind of solid black tram lines as it left the pits. It was a bit erratic from Ben Barker. He was, I thought he was trying to make up the time, but uh, assuming that pit stop was done to time, there was no real reason for that. Well, also, a drive-through penalty, though, for car 66. This car, Mark Poole, judged to be at fault for this incident, coming from a long, long way back. Was he ever going to make the corner from that angle? It was no. going to be tricky. Uh, I think I, I would tend to agree with that. It's, um, it's yeah... Mm. I don't want to be critical because it's very easy to do that, isn't it? But uh, that, that if you are going to apply fault there, I'm afraid it would go Mark's way. Uh, Ewan Hankey, by the way, has just put in the fastest lap of the race, 2 minutes 0.459. Uh, that's just a few moments after um, after Ben Barker put in the fastest th uh, final sector of the race. Now, we're going to see a bit of this, of course, with the pro drivers now aboard these very quick cars. 
but uh, Anki up into third position. He's 21 seconds behind the number 88 car. And of course, the 88 car currently has team manager having a chat up in race control. Uh, Luigi Lucchini now joins the race for the first time, having taken over from teammate Matteo Crisoni. And that uh, pit stop right on the bubble. Two minutes and one second for your time pit stop. And that is between pit in and pit out rather than the time that the car's stationary. So it can be quite tricky to judge as long as you know how long it takes your car to travel from one end of the pit lane to the other under the speed restriction. Then it's all down to uh, the calculations and the stopwatch being correct. But it looks like they've hit the mark perfectly well there, as did, in fairness, uh, SP Racing stroke AF Corsa with the number 72 car. They did a pit stop of two minutes and one second too. So Shaitar leads in car 72 from Egidio Buffetti in number 88. With a slight question mark above that car with the team manager speaking to the clerk of the course. Ewan Hankey is in third position in car 34. And fourth place, Stevie S in car number 8, the Ferrari. Ben Barker is catching the leader and catching him pretty quickly. He's just put in the fastest lap of the race at 2 minutes 0.289. That brings the gap down to 1.5 seconds. I'll tell you something, it will be bitter gall if there's a problem that actually sees that car penalised at this stage. Meantime, Ewan Hankey's going quicker still. He's under two minutes, 159.492. He's 20 seconds back from the leader, but catching. In fact, took two seconds out of Shaita on that lap, Ewan Hankey. Richard Abra back in the pits because of an issue. Is that related to... So, so that, that will be that drive-through, yeah. I've just realised moments before I said something stupid there I thought no there is a reason for that and there was also just that lingering thought about whether the damage is causing issues and that's the first time Richard has driven that car but it looks okay he's back out again and it's nearly missing a headlight and there's a dive plane gone but just, just losing okay. his place now to Joe Osborne with Johnny Molan catching the uh, catching the Lamborghini as well so that's going to give us a really Excellent three-car battle, Joe Osborne in the Audi, Richard Amber in the Lamborghini, Johnny Molin in the Ferrari 488, nose to tail. Meantime, Ben Barker continues to take time out of the SMP racing car. I told you this bit was going to be good. Oh yes. And Ben Barker, new to the cup, new to the championship, is really applying the pressure here. I'm keeping an eagle eye on the bottom of our timing screen to see whether there's any message about car 88. Clearly something is under review regarding the pit stop for the Mentos Racing Porsche, but at the moment there is a second separating the race leader to Shaitar and Ben Barker in the white Mentos Racing Porsche. And then a further 20 seconds back to Ewan Hankey, but Ewan is clearly the quickest car out there at the moment. It was his teammate who held the fastest lap for a good, goodly portion of this race, Ali Yolok having done a two minutes flat. Well, now Ewan Hankey, the first car to break the two minute barrier, a 159.492 is significantly quicker than anybody else. That was last time around, he's about to complete to the next lap. He's taken time out again, he's improved the time again. It's 159.386, and he's done all of it in the final sector. So, whilst we've seen the Aston Martin quick down the straights, it's clearly very quick through the twisty bits as well. Also, very tight between Francesco Castellac and Stevie S. In fact, there's been a place Castle change there, just hasn't changed. Yeah, just, just taken that place. In the 51, the silver Ferrari to overtake the number eight Scuderia Villorba Corsa Ferrari. So Castellacci up to fourth. All happening at the moment. 
So Shaitar has lost uh, another four tenths of a second on the last lap to Ben Barker, and he's lost a, an, another full second to you and Hankey. Hankey, though, has got 21 seconds to make up on the leader, about 20 seconds to make up on the second place car, but he's doing that not in tenths, but in, in full seconds. Joe Osborne, as you mentioned, up to seventh place now, taking advantage of the drive-through for Richard Abro. Johnny Molem at the wheel of the 25. FF Corsa Ferrari is running in ninth, ahead of Luigi Lucchini. And there was contact for in order for Castellacci to get through. Pretty significant contact. He barged his way up the inside there of uh, Stevie S. And Stevie S did well to get, keep that together, actually. <laughs> And probably his temper as well. And oh, for this! Oh, oh no, no, no! This is karma swinging uh, back in the direction of the number eight car because that's done significant damage to the front left corner of Castellacci's car. You've got bodywork bent over onto tyre there, and surely a visit to the pit lane required for the 51 car that was driven at the start of this race by Thomas Fleur. Castellacci's taken it over, and I'm afraid he's badly damaged the front left corner of that car after a fairly ambitious manoeuvre on Stevie S and Stevie S has possibly got away with that we'll wait and see whether that eight car pits as well and indeed whether the steward has something to say about that manoeuvre third consecutive fastest lap of the race being wild goes to Ewan Hankey another 159.344 this time this time it's the fastest first sector of the race so I think uh, it's the first and the third sector bogey times are in the hands of the Aston Martin at the moment 20.4 seconds is the gap and again another tenth nibbled out from Shaitar's advantage by the second place Ben Barker, so Ben Barker at the moment is on a tear but uh, they're both being caught by you and Hankey Castellacci in no real big surprise there to get that damage sorted out Yes, says I can stay out at least for this stage and of course, uh, shaking their heads a little bit. They can't. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get the wall off because the front left wing is sort of bent across it. I oh, know it's come off very, very easily, but they're concerned about the hub or the brake disc, something rattling around there that's uh, maybe bent some suspension. Yeah, it's not going to be a quick fix that for the 51 car. One little oddity is the fastest middle sector of the race so far has gone to Adrian Delaney in 12th position. Wow. Fantastic. Quite well, how that's happened, I don't know. That's down the Mistral straight, isn't it? But he's done a very quick lap time. Two minutes, point zero seven four for Adrian Delaney. So any concern that the 14 car wasn't on song this weekend has gone straight out the window. An off-track moment there for Mads Rasmussen in the 71 Ferrari that was running in eight. It slipped to ninth as a result of that. And Francesco Castellacci was climbing out of the 51 Ferrari. I think he realises that that is done on the spot after a, kind of a silly manoeuvre it has yeah, to be said yeah that wasn't clever all the three top uh, <laughs> top runners now into the 159s 159.7 from Victor Scheitar who has got the hurry up call loses a couple of tenths uh, sorry gains a couple of tenths for the first time in a few laps now to Ben Barker Ewan Hankey still though takes a further half a second out of the pair 20 seconds almost dead now the gap between Ewan Hankey and the and the uh, Aston Martin to the Ferrari Porsche battle ahead of him Stevie S by the way is losing time to those three but he's not that far away and Adrian Delena is storming along hmm. yep, Delena way way down the field but he, uh, indeed. his speed is excellent and 
Obviously, Pierre-Marie Delina has to do that uh, portion of it, you know, the opening stint as the bronze driver, but Adrian really having fun now as the silver-ranked competitor. Let's see how far up the order Adrian can get. 12th place at the moment. That's soon to become 11th because of the retirement or potential retirement of Francesco Castellacci. This is looking like a cracking scrap with Richard Abra in the mix there for the Barwell Motorsport crew. He's right behind uh, Mance Rasmussen. And Joe Osborne's just ahead. Joe Osborne pulling away a little from this, but uh, it's Johnny Bolam who's yeah. in contention for this as well. So it's a four-car battle for fifth position now. That's Osborne having uh, gone by Rasmussen on that lap. Rasmussen now under pressure from the Lamborghini. And with uh, Johnny Bolan finding his time just a little. So, I mean, to be honest, the two cars behind Rasmussen should make relatively quick work of the 71 car. Rasmussen is a bronze driver, although showing good pace relative to Abra and to Molen. Should be said that the uh, the Barwell car not in the, <laughs> in the best of well I wouldn't say the best of health, but no. certainly not as the maker intended it to be presented to the world. And After a couple of clashes out on track, of course it, it runs with pretty much exactly the same engine as the Audi. Two cars in front of it. That uh, 5.10 liter, uh, sorry 5.2 liter rather V10, normally aspirated. Up the inside goes Abra and Johnny Mullen looking to do the same. There's no room there for the 488. Very smart looking FF Corsa 25 car. You, another new fastest lap again goes to you and Hank here, 159.2. Closest to gap to 19 and a half seconds, 46 minutes to go. Ben Barker, absolute best through sector one. Adrian Delina is also finding more time through sector two that number 14 Ferrari's good down the Mistral isn't it it's quicker than anybody else just. at the moment Molen's got a good run this time on Rasmussen Abra's already through by the way Richard Abra's got in front of the number 71 car but Johnny Molen's going to try and do likewise meantime great races we're going to hand down to the pit lane though and to Charlie George who's with Sally Yollock yeah I've caught up with Sally down here at TF Sport it was a great qualifying for you. Started from the front row and then it got a bit eventful from there, didn't it? Uh, a bit, sorry, a bit. It got a bit eventful from there. Yeah, actually, uh, I thought I did a good start uh, getting ahead of the Ferrari and then uh, he, he, got, he got me back uh, on turn two with a bit of contact, really. Uh, I got a bit washed out, so uh, he, could, he could have overtaken. I was actually quite surprised when I heard the uh, drive-through penalty because I, I thought we were like really close, uh, not even knows that, but everyone's, uh, I, did, I haven't seen it yet, everyone says it's true, so I can't really say anything about it. And Ewan's in the car now, he's putting in some really good lap times. Yeah, well, well uh, given the conditions, I think P3 is a good result for us for the moment, because the, the car set is a bit, uh, are a bit far away for now, but he's doing good, so we'll see what happens. Thank you, Sally. Thank you. I think when Sally does watch that back, he'll realise it was the right decision at uh, Aston, quite a bit ahead of the SMP Racing Ferrari at the start of the race. Now, caution to everyone still in the race that there's some debris on the track at the entrance to turn two. Not sure where that's come from, but that might need a brave marshal to head into the middle of the track to retrieve it. Let's hope we don't have a safety car because this is a good race without intervention. Well, we've got it's a couple of cars carrying battle damage. It may well That's be true. that some, a part has given best to the airflow. 
be a real shame to interrupt uh, the race flow right now because we're in a good phase. Indeed. Uh, ben Barker, meanwhile, uh, is getting onto terms under a second back now from the Victor Scheitar. Well, for, for the races, uh, hope I hope we don't see any kind of penalty coming the way of the 88 car because this is a great battle in the leader race between two high-quality cars with high-quality drivers. Victor Scheitar doing his level best to fend off Ben Barker, but Ben Barker is reeling him in. It's half a second now with Ewan Hankey doing his best to catch this pair. Doing a better job of actually catching the leader than the second-place car, if you see what I mean. It's taking time out of both, but taking more out of the lead car. So Shaitar is not driving away from this field in the way that I think they would have expected they might at this stage. 43 minutes remain. And remember, regarding the team's championship, because TF Sport are running in third at the moment, behind the 72 car, then SMP Racing aren't going to gain a huge amount of ground. They'll claw back 10 points in the team's championship, but TF Sport will retain the championship lead by 15 points as we stand. But there's plenty more to unfold yet. And, well, as far as the driver's championship is concerned, Bassoff and Scheitel will properly take the championship lead, not just be level on points, they'll extend it to 10 points at the moment. But what, what will Ben Barker do and have a say on the result, I wonder? Debris has been removed and the yellow flags at turn two will now be withdrawn. Joe Osborne, meanwhile, is the latest driver under two minutes, 159.679. Means he's beginning to try to get onto terms with Stevie S. I think he's about 20 seconds ahead of the Audi man. 36 laps done. Joe Osborne going very rapidly in the R8 LMS. Car 75, it's fifth on the road, ahead of Richard Abra, ahead of Johnny Molin and Mads Rasmussen. Then it's Luigi Lucchini in ninth, and Sahela Yari, who's taken over the number 26, classic in modern racing, Ferrari running in 10th. Adrian Delina still going round in two-minute lap times, which is very impressive, considering Ewan Hankey's fastest lap of the race, a 159.2. The 14 car is getting not close to the leader but it's getting closer to one or two other cars in the race including Lucchini more yellow flags out it's a this bollard this time on track at turn three so someone's clipped one of those plastic bollards now have we got a long enough gap for that to be removed or is there going to be further race compression drama that's the, the tight right hander that immediately follows turns one and two. There's a bit of a straight and a burst down to the right hander, which is right on the apex, controlled by Bollard there. More as a, a bit of a sighting uh, ish, um, reference point so that everyone knows where the apex is from distance. Well known team manager from British GT in years past, Ricky Martino, helping out at Mentos Racing this weekend, his regular gig this year is uh, across the United States with the Predator Challenge and the Absolute Racing Bentley efforts. But uh, coming here, I'm sure it's a holiday for him, really, south of France. Yeah, he's very nice. The bollard's gone, by the way. So that's uh, been dealt with very quickly. And indeed, it's not there. That is the gap we can see. It's effectively a couple of corners and a bit of a straight. Otherwise translated as around 18 seconds. Shaitar to Hanky. 
But uh, Victor Scheitar won't be too concerned about that at the moment. He'd be far more concerned about the big white Porsche filling his mirrors. Yeah, it was interesting to see the Aston Martin work its way through turns three, four and five. And then in the distance on the Mistral, there went the SMP Ferrari and the white Mentos racing Porsche, separated by 0.936 of a second, although Scheitar is upping the pace here, managing two personal bests on the same lap, sectors one and two, the quickest that car's managed so far in the race. Can he complete it with another blue time through sector three? They've caught a bit of traffic, though. Is that the 71 Ferrari or the 26? We've got to tell from that viewpoint. We'll get another glimpse of it, of it in a moment. Down the gears goes Scheitar, Ben Barker very close indeed, it's the 26, 26. Ferrari uh, isn't it? Now whatever happens here, uh, I guarantee you that Ben Barker will give himself, uh, allow himself a wry smile, I think he's enjoying this. <laughs> First taste of GT3 racing, a seasoned Porsche Cup racer and uh, increasing form coming his way in GTE Porsches too used to leading and used to winning races from the front but that's the great thing about having a, a co-driver who has to do a good job for the first phase handed over to someone like Ben Barker and regardless of whether you're leading or whether you're down in 10th it's always going to be a challenge and he fed back into the sequence in second position but a fair way down was he put three seconds adrift of that SMP racing Ferrari at the start of his stint he was reeled it in yeah whittled that time down and this might be a real good opportunity now oh. Adrian Delina though has crawled to a halt this is at turns three four and five so no overtaking there there's a spin rather yeah facing the wrong way now this you're not quite right could be an opportunity for Ben Barker because uh, the 72 car has not clear the 26. So gap is closing, closing, closing. Adrian Delina, fine, he's back in the race. But what of that fight for the lead of the race? Is ahead it going to be these, slowed? Ahead of this car. Yeah, indeed. Is it going to be slowed by the classic and modern racing car of Sahela Yari, who is no slouch, it has to be said. Oh, no. It has got plenty of GT form, by the way, GT3 form at that. Porsche still uh, behind in, Ferrari at the moment. In uh, FIGT, sorry, in Blancpain, uh, Pro-Am, and also in the French GT Championship before it bit the bullet, I'm afraid, last year. Mm. So he's done a lot of GT3 racing in Ferraris, particularly. But this is the car in 11th position. We're not overly concerned about this right now. Need to know whether the Porsche is close to the Ferrari has there been a place change no not quite but it is very very tight in fact actually the S&P racing car has got past the back marker and Ben Barker is bought to a certain extent behind Sahel Ayari awaiting his opportunity it'll probably come on the main straight to get by Ayari and this is in fact driving a wedge between the top two rather than working in the favour of the Porsche driver Ayari needs to get out of the way of this. This is not his fight. Parker looking for the opportunity as safely as possible. 36 and a half minutes to go. And we've, we're clearly right in the middle of the pro stint now. So flashing of the lights from Ben Barker, wanting to have Ayari to ease off a little bit. Adhere to the requests from the blue flags that no doubt being being waved 
down at turns three, four, and five. But again, time being lost here by Ben for Ben Barker by Zahelliari. That's the bad news for the 88 car. The good news is the decision from race control is it's a suspended stop-go penalty for spinning the wheels at the pit stop, which one would presume means if they do it again, they will be penalised. I did wonder whether it might be that issue. Flashing the lights now at Zahelliari. That's a... Uh, I think it increasingly irritated Ben Barker. We know, though, the 458s are very quick indeed mm. on the Mistral straight. This is a lapped car. It is now. Saheli Yari has 24 seconds in order to find the next car on the circuit, if you like, Luigi Lucchini on his lap. So, oh, the Porsche is through now. Indeed. Got that under braking. The end of the Mistral Straits. I think uh, a micro lift from Sahila Yari was all that was required. Yeah. The correct decision. Which didn't need to cost Ayari much time at all, but the priority should always be given to the guys on the lead lap. So finally, the Mentos Racing Porsche is through, but there's a, quite a bit of work now for Ben Barker to do again, having closed the gap to within less to, to uh, less than a second. It's now up to one and a half seconds from the race leader back to that Porsche. Victor Scheitar then with a bit of breathing space on lap 41. It was up to 1.9 seconds because of the, the delay there mm. for the Porsche. Meantime, behind this pair, Ewan Hankey continues to, to, to drop the gap. It was 17 seconds last time around. And I think he's taken some 17.3 seconds now. Again into the 159s. time uh, the latest car summoned to race control is the optimum motorsports audi team manager and it's joe osborne who's closed within 14 seconds of stvs for fourth going quickly so there's an issue somewhere that needs to be addressed ewan hankey quicker again than the two cars ahead of him on the road the problem is there's still about 15 seconds to try and find all of a sudden, though, Victor Scheitar has found pace. Wow, yes, he has. Fastest sector one time of anybody in the race so far. So an absolute best through sector one. Has he got something special planned for sector two? This is the first time in quite a while that he hasn't needed to concentrate on the rearview mirrors with a two-second buffer back to Ben Barker. A 31.1 through sector two is not an absolute or a personal best, but it's still not hanging around. Some of that time is clawed back again, though, by Ben Barker. He's found four-tenths of a second. Ewan Hankey more or less matches Ben's time through sector one down the back straight. There's the number eight car, still circulating in fourth position with Stevie S at the wheel. He's had an effective but lonely run here. Has not really lost significant time to the cars chasing him. He's not anywhere close to the kind of pace of the three ahead, though. So the question, from my point of view here, is can... You and Hankey get onto terms in the final half hour with the leading two cars. He has been very consistently the quickest of the three. Car 72 now is warned about track limits at turn two. Now we know that's not an area that uh, Eduardo Freitas is minded to be messed about with. Always keeping a keen eye on the exit of turn two. Is that trouble, is that trouble for the BMS car? That's 
Is that running slowly? It's I think it is. Seven. Yes, I think you're right. Oh, it's this another puncture. Luigi Lucchini. This is the second puncture for this car, and you can still see the bite marks from the first one, which Matteo Crisoni endured during his stint. That was quite early on in his stint, I seem to remember, for Crisoni. Oh, he almost loses the car through that turn and nearly collected the 26 cars. He did it. So he just gathered it up. That was a place for position, by the way. Ayari taking it from Lucchini. Lucchini didn't really have much choice there. Although, uh, tried to sideswipe, you know, not deliberately, but uh, sideswipe Yari's car as he sneaked by. Again, it's almost a full lap for this car with a puncture. Yeah. There goes, by the way, the third place car. That's the difference. It's 16.8 seconds at the end of the last lap. Continues to take time out of the two cars ahead. But is that going to be enough at this kind of pace? This is more related to a geometry issue, perhaps, for the seven crew. Do they need to look at the amount of camber they're running for that rear left corner? Not sure. Difficult to tell, obviously, from our perspective, but it seems strange that the same car has suffered two near-identical punctures and clearly carrying damage from the first one. Let's hope that that tyre does not start to shred again and uh, take massive bites out of the uh, rear left wheel arch. Race leader coming into the final sequence of corners on this, the 42nd lap. And leading by, well, 1.2 seconds there or thereabouts. We'll see what the gap is at the end of this lap. It might have come down again, you know. It's a 201.3 for Shaitar. It's a 20, it's a two so it's flat, out, so it is a full second. And 0.9 now is the gap. Uh, what has you and Hanky got to offer here? Uh, he's uh, two seconds back from this still. Be crossing the line in just a few seconds' time. 16 seconds, more or less dead. It's a two minutes dead from Hanky. He's taken a further second out of the leader. Now, at this pace, he's going to be with the leader by the end of this race. Half an hour to do it. And yes, a second quicker with only 16 seconds to find. It's going to be tight, but it's going to be right. really tight. Uh, but right? if that, we, we've seen the last of Martin went on terms with the other cars in this field has got pace to spare this could be very interesting indeed as uh, Luigi Lucchini doing his level best to stay out of everybody else's way I think this is where we're going to see goodbye for the tyre carcass Stevie S comes through at the point of turning maybe so Bang. there it goes there you go the good news is it's not uh, left a load of debris strewn across the track. It's, it's, it's helpfully removed itself from the racing surface. And of course, the fact that most of that car, the rear left, has already been eaten away by the previous puncture has helped matters. Oh, what's happening in here? Now, were they being yellow flags being waved there? And perhaps the driver of the 71, Matt ah. Rasmussen, wasn't sure whether he could overtake or not. The, 70, what, the 71 did actually did him a huge favour because... Uh, <laughs> Lucchini was trying to get to the pit lane but trying to stay out the way yes, that could have gone side. horribly wrong indeed, uh, yeah, if he steered across the bows of Mads Rasmussen that could have ended in carnage but I think Mads realised what was going on I think on. he saw the indicator yeah ok, backed off, wasn't entirely sure which side of that car to go but decided the left was probably the better option Lucchini needed the pit lane and there were white flags being displayed as well Matt uh, Rasmussen were careful not to overtake that car until he was absolutely sure that he wasn't going to be penalised for it. 43 laps now done for the race leader Victor Scheitar and the top three cars are all managing two minute laps now to varying degrees, a 0.6, a 0.9 and a 
two minutes flat. In fact, it's even better for Ewan Hankey. It's now 15.2 seconds the gap from Ewan to Victor Scheitar, race leader. Very quick turnaround there for the number seven car of Luigi Lucchini. Old tyre off, new tyre on. It's well-practiced manoeuvre by this point. Yeah, absolutely. They've had plenty of practice, haven't they? This, they're, they're, I'm afraid this race, what a shame, because that car did look as if it could really feature. Yeah. And Ewan Hankey, though, is pushing very, very hard. I suspect thoroughly enjoying himself, and he will be being told the scope and the scale of the task in hand. Ben Barker, losing a little bit of time on the last couple of sectors seems to do this it seems to kind of you know nibble 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 away gets down to even half a second second time we've seen the, the, the gap down to half a second then loses a chunk it is a, a little strange normally very consistent driver is what i'm trying to say for ben barker well this is an interesting race it's going to get very interesting indeed if you and hanky can increase the rate of catching the leader here and he shows every sign that he possibly could do that. The gap is now under 15 seconds as they come to the end of, or towards the end, of lap 44. 27 minutes remain. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that the quickest car out there right now is Ewan Hankey, and he seems to be able to set with consistency lap times below the two-minute marker, whereas there's a bit more fluctuation for the leading the race leading Ferrari and the second place Porsche end of lap 44 and what have we got for Shaitar it's a 2 minutes point four, almost and exactly the same pretty much yeah for Barker and there we have now we can see in the background it's the length of the start finish straight is the gap between the first the, uh, the leading Ferrari and the third placed Aston Martin that's another half second gain 14.8 seconds now the gap 26 minutes to go. How close is Ewan Hankey going to get? Is he working those Michelin tyres a bit too hard as well? Because there have been punctures, although they've been on the rear engine or mid-engine cars. We'll wait and see. Another interview to get, first of all, from Charlie George, who's down in the pit lane. Yeah, and Dan here with Matteo Cressoni. Um, it's fair to say this isn't a lucky race for you. Two punctures. Is this bad luck or is there a reason for it? Uh, it's difficult and uh, for sure we have to understand uh, after race because it uh, seems impossible. The rear uh, left tyre, two tyres, two different drivers. Really unlucky race and uh, even we have the chance to fight for the podium even with the, the balance of performance not for us. Anyway, we have to understand uh, for uh, what happened for the next race. And of course with this circuit and the Mistral Strait this is not a place where you want to be having punctures. Uh, exactly. The first puncture I had uh, on the Mistral uh, after 200 meters after the, the last corner before the Mistral and for sure it's not nice. Here my teammate has uh, in the main straight and for sure it's another point. Uh, not nice to have a puncture anyway. Bad, uh, bad luck. We try to, to get all the data, more data as possible and then uh, we check after the race. Thank you, Matteo. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, well, uh, kind of disagree with any of that. They do need to understand what's uh, what's been happening with that number seven car. Meantime, two British teams, two British drivers, two Italian cars mm. in close contention at the moment for sixth position. Richard Abra in the Lamborghini Huracan trying to fend off the now very close attentions of a fired up Johnny Molum in the FF Corsa Ferrari 488. And Johnny wants by here. 
Turbocharged V8 versus a normally aspirated V10 in the Lamborghini. They're going to be side by side as they get to scene corner. Looks like Molim's just about ahead, but the track position is still retained by Richard Abra. Great driving, respectful stuff, but hard, fair racing, and they break as late as they dare heading into this uh, ever-tightening right-hander, and Molem's got the inside line, ooh, and had to back out of that manoeuvre. Molem has actually scored uh, ahead as really? they crossed the timing beam for the sector, looks at the inside again in the beautiful blue Ferrari against the stunning uh, grey, or is it black or grey and red uh, Lamborghini, albeit with its uh, battle scars at the front, courtesy of that incident earlier with the Audi, Great stuff here. Mm, I have a feeling both these guys will get out with big grins on their faces, but one will be slightly wider than the other, depending on who wins this personal battle. But it's fascinating to watch. And Johnny Molem knows where he's quicker. There have been one or two half opportunities on this lap, but that's your pro driver. He always knows that he can just back out of it if he realises the door's going to be slammed shut in his face. And Richard Abra driving a great defensive race. Certainly not blocking Johnny Molin, but just allowing the odd opportunity here and there. Making it as difficult as possible. That's the game. Into turns three, four and five. It's always tight and twisty through here. Those Michelins on the rear of that Lamborghini, though, are starting to wear themselves out, I would suggest. It's a bit wayward on the rear. The Ferrari looks more stable during this phase of the race, but as long as Abra can get a good exit out of this turn six and onto the Mistral. I don't think there's a great deal that Johnny can do, although he can maybe pull alongside as he did a lap ago. What's the closing speed like for the Ferrari 488? No ground being gained there quite yet. We're in a similar situation at the head of the order with the Porsche close, but not close enough for a charge at the inside on Victor Scheitar. 13 seconds is now the gap back to Ewan Hankey from this pair. As this gap, Poe goes back and two really between seven or eight tenths and a second and a half, or maybe a bit more. And it really is. It's about putting together that perfect lap. So 13 seconds, 22 minutes, maybe plus an extra lap to go. Still the question about how far up the order can you and Hanky get? Can he just get with this top two? and pressurise Ben Barker into maybe making a move on Victor Scheitart. And is Ben Barker playing a canny game here, sticking with the Ferrari, and then maybe, maybe he's going to really push in the remaining three or four laps. Charles Bond, meanwhile, is beginning to reel in Stevie S, but I'm not sure he's doing it quickly enough. Okay. He's actually closer to S than, than Hanky is, but his rate of catching the car ahead is not as good. There's the Aston. Third position for you and Hanky. The car was started by Sally Yollock, and a story really of what might have been for TF Sport. That car's had to come in for two drive through penalties. It will be easily leading this race. Surely, with uh, those penalties taken away from it, or certainly within contention, within sort of five, six seconds of the leaders. Still nibbling tenths out. Yeah. That may not be enough at this stage. 12.8 seconds is the gap now. And this was where Johnny Merlin got very, very close to Richard Abra during the braking area. Oh, he's made the move, in fact, but then overcooked it. So Abra took the place back again. Fabulous stuff. No contact, which is good to see. But uh, 
shortcutting that corner, taking plenty of curve, and Abra tried to turn and then realised Merlin was coming and yep. he wasn't going to be able to stop. Abracadabra, he's a <laughs> final again. corner, wasn't it? Wow. And again, Molum is right with Abra in the Lamborghini Huracan. So perhaps Molum and off the track, there well, goes. That was uh, definitely Huracan. track limits there for the Lamborghini. You'll have to watch that. 12.8 seconds, the gap for the lead between the top three. We're about to reach the same point on the circuit that Molum tried that audacious manoeuvre. Here he comes again from a long way back. And is there an opportunity into the final corner on this lap? I'll go through this long, lingering right-hander and then into the tight left-hander. Final corner of this particular lap. No opportunity there for Molan to repeat the feat from a lap ago, from about two minutes ago indeed, into the final 20 minutes we are now. No change at the head of the order. It's still a second and a half between Chaitar and Ben Barker. So Chaitar's soaking up this pressure suitably well 12.7 seconds the gap between Chaitar and Ewan Hanke that continues to tumble but he's only nibbling away and finding odd tenths here and there Steve S going quicker than he's managed or the car's managed through sector one well, he's, he's getting the hurry up because of Joe Osborne's closer attentions because yes. Osborne is now within six seconds of the Ferrari for fourth then we've got this battle for sixth Richard Abra and Johnny Molan Having a whale of a time, I'm sure. As the sun starts to get lower in the sky, the temperature is uh, easing up a touch as well. It's been as high as 30 degrees here. We are about 40 k's east of Marseille in the south of France. Uh, and it's been swelteringly hot in the lead-up to the weekend. Marginally cooler today and similar temperatures expected tomorrow, but we are through certainly the peak of the day now and back down into the mid-twenties but track temperature up in the thirties still I'm sure 18 minutes to go and the gap 1.6 seconds at the head of the order I'm sure you can understand that we're concentrating on this fight for sixth and seventh because it's very very entertaining between Richard Abra and Johnny Molan young stager wise old fox Turbo V8 Ferrari. Pays your money and you take your choice. And it's providing some great entertainment here. By the way, Lucchini still in 11th position after that latest puncture. So he's behind Adrian Delina, who's now into the top 10. And Sahela Yari running ninth in the number 26 classic and modern racing Ferrari behind Mads Rasmussen. to the range now, Johnny, where we should be talking about not necessarily you and Hanky being a challenge uh, for the lead, potentially a challenge for second. Because we're running out of time and he's running out of space. Yeah. The gap is under 11 seconds now between Ben Barker and you and Hanky. That clearly is the first target for the Aston Martin man. I'm not sure he's even catching quickly enough for that at the moment. I just wonder whether we've worked our way through that real sweet spot in the Michelin tyre and it's started to plateau at the, the times 
where the Aston is doing maybe two minutes point five rather than a 159. It's done a two minutes point four that time around. But that sort of pace that, can, that uh, Shaitar can match. A slightly slower lap that time for Ben Barker, though, interestingly. And a couple of those, and that's what I'm keeping my eye on, is that uh, the gap now to Ben Barker from Ewan Hankey is around 10 seconds. 16 minutes remain. So, yeah, that's maybe more likely to happen. Ewan Hankey just second place. Go on. <laughs> that was four-wheel drift there through the turn there from Johnny Molan. Power sliding through in pursuit, beautifully. Right on the ragged edge. Richard Aberdeen's eyes everywhere in all his mirrors all at the same time here to make sure he knows where Molim is at any one point. That's actually cost Molim a bit of time though, the four-wheel drift I would suggest. This time we concentrate down the Mistral on the top two. So there is the SMP Racing liveried Ferrari 488 from the Porsche but it's definitely dropped back. Meanwhile, there's the Aston Martin driven by Ewan Hankey. The cars around it are a lap down, so it's kind of on its own. It needs to get by Sahela Yari, though, pretty swiftly in car number 26. And this, of course, is the car that the lead two got by some time ago. Yeah. So Sahela Yari's pace has been pretty good. He's maintained that gap for all of that time. And only now is the rapid... Ewan Hankey able to get onto terms, he's now going to deal with that, that will cost him time. Yeah, so this is a bit of a hurdle that of course the top two dealt with a fair while ago, so we need to factor that in to the race time as well. 12.3 seconds is the gap for Hankey to the race leader. He's now 10 seconds behind yes. Ben Barker. 10 seconds and 14 and a half minutes there or thereabouts. Still going to be a tough ask, although it was another slower lap for Ben Barker. Two minutes, so 1.1. About the same for Ewan Hankey, because he's now behind Sahela Yari and still hasn't dispatched the back marker. Into turns one and two goes the Vantage with its six-litre V12 engine. And meanwhile, the... Oh, trouble. Is that Johnny Molan? It looks a bit like him. It's a 488, certainly. I think it is. I think that's it's Johnny a puncher. Molan. It's, it's a, a front puncher right again. puncher, though. Front right? Yes. It's a front right puncher for Johnny Molan. That four-wheel drifting has not treated those Michelins particularly well. Was that well, was cause it? or effect? That's the... Was yeah. that beginning to go? Yeah, true. I mean, he wasn't hanging around, though, was he? He was so desperate to get past Richard Abra. And there may be a bit of concern about Richard Abra's... Uh, driving as well because he's been under pressure for so many laps now still some heat in the day and this is an abrasive circuit in certain places particularly if you start running wide over curbs and Johnny Mola what a shame having really pushed hard to try and get a top six finish Mola's car trundling its way now over the dusty portions of the Paul Ricard circuit he's keeping well off the racing surface so good thinking from Johnny. He's well out of the way. While you have the space to do it, why not? Mm. So Richard Abra is through to complete 50 laps. Mads Rasmussen, the first to benefit from Johnny Molam's woes, and of course Ivor Dunbar as well, and put in a good opening stint. Sadly, the two of those co-drivers not going to finish with a top seven result. Slipping to eighth. 
and it's set to get worse with that car needing to make its way into the pit lane to replace that tyre. 2.4 seconds is the gap between the Ferrari of Shaitar and the Porsche of Ben Barker. Again, it's a lap time from Ewan Hankey that just matches the top two rather than betters it. I think he passed uh, Ayari as they got to the Mistral straight and uh, time lost to the two leaders became time gained at that stage, but it's all balanced out. That may well be the defining factor at the end of this race. But a chance maybe for things to cool down a little bit on Ewan Hankey's car. He's back on the tyres to touch and now maybe one final push to see how close he can get to, realistically, Ben Barker's Porsche. And he ain't going to catch the race leader now, which we did think may be possible at one point. 11 and a half minutes to go, plus potentially an extra lap, depending on where the leader is when that clock hits zero. Down the Mistral goes the Ferrari 488 of Alexi Basov and Victor Scheitart. Johnny Molan, meanwhile, makes it back to the pit lane. Well done, Johnny. Here he comes. He'll be very frustrated indeed about that. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll draw you lots for who gets to speak to Johnny after the race. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it'll be mixed emotions, I think. I think he thoroughly enjoyed that battle with Richard Abra. He'll be chuffed with how Ivor Dunbar's done. Just a shame he can't bring a good result back for Ivor and the rest of the team, I guess. No lack of effort, though, from Johnny, as is always the case. Drives the wheels off anything that he's in charge of, and uh, unfortunately he's driven a front-right tyre off it as well. But a new Michelin is strapped onto that car, bolted onto the car, and then it will rejoin the race in where? Tenth? Maybe ninth, so. actually. Ninth, yeah, I think he's, he's uh, ahead of Delena. Yeah, Adrian Delena. Of course, that car still a lap down because of uh, the Pierre-Marie Bellena stint, which wasn't really on song compared to most other cars around, and uh, it lost a lap early on. And despite great effort from Adrian, uh, he hasn't managed to get into the top nine. Now, the number 25 team manager is being called to race control. That's not more wheel spinning, is it? I think they've got a push start. Uh, OK, yes. OK. Well, certainly some push assistance there might be an issue for that car you uh, and Hankey with a personal best time through sector 2 so still has a bit of time to find doesn't he 12 seconds now the gap but 10 seconds to Ben Barker well he's trying to put as much pressure as possible on the two ahead so they, d they don't let, let up and that possibly they force some kind of error that's clearly the game at this stage from Ben Barker but Victor Scheitar does seem to have the legs at the moment Almost three seconds to the good now, and over the last four or five minutes, uh, the Ferrari driver has just managed to edge out that advantage. Into scene corner go the top two cars, lurching its way onto the red and white paving there on the exit of scene itself. This is an endurance race. These things are never over till they're over. We've seen so many, and never more so than this year, mm. around the world, with major races settled in the dying moments. Don't forget what happened at Le Mans. Absolutely. Or indeed at the Nürburgring uh, for the 24-hour race there, where the, uh, the lead in a 24-hour race changed on the final lap in both races. This is a two-hour race. We've got good cars, good teams, great drivers, but anything can happen. Yeah. Fortunes can change on the first lap or the last lap. That's the whole purpose of endurance race.
finish in the offing. And that number 25 car, just scanning back through previous results, has had a sixth place finish. That happened at Red Bull Ring, actually. A sixth, a ninth, and a fifteenth to their name so far. So could have a, another ninth place to add to their ten and a half points they've got so far. Well, Johnny and Ivor Dunbar have made it very clear this is all about Ivor Dunbar learning his mm -hmm. trade in GT3 racing. He's got this fantastic uh, Ferrari 488. They want to take care of it. They want Ivor to have as long a career as possible in GT3 racing and this is, they think, a really good training ground and what we've noticed, Johnny, in the races I've called with you is that Ivor Dunbar may not be the quickest out there but he's constantly improving. He's finding time all over the place. And what a great guy to have alongside him though. Johnny's, uh, you know, a phenomenally quick professional driver but also a really good coach as well. Understanding, a lot of patience there and uh, clearly a lot of knowledge to impart as well. Ewan's going quicker again through sector two. So the Aston likes the Mistral straight. The gap's now down eight to seconds. eight seconds between he and Ben Barker's Porsche. Only got six minutes and 17 seconds to go, though. He's so going to need an issue for a car ahead of him to make progress at this stage, I'm afraid. We're talking three more laps. Yep. Maybe four more laps. We're on lap 55 now. Shaitar is safely onto lap 55 through turns one two and now at three they're still lapping consistently mm. uh, if anybody's lap times at the moment are erratic it's ben barker yeah the um, you say erratic we're talking here in 10th of course as johnny molan makes his stop go and rejoins and he does so behind adrian delena I do think that Porsche has lost its peak performance that we saw earlier on in the stint for Ben. It could be could be tyre related, could be tyre pressure related. Having pushed really hard to try and match Victor Scheitart. But uh, the Ferrari and Victor himself, of course, have soaked up the pressure. There's still that little bit of flailing tape, I think. tape or seal yeah. of some description, but it's uh, not clearly affecting the performance. Breaks onto the uh, ever tightening right hander there after seen corner. Johnny Mullen's stop go penalty will be investigated after the uh, okay. after race. Did he stop? He certainly <laughs> went. <laughs> he certainly went. It never rains, but it pours. But you know, let's hope he's enjoying himself. He, he enjoyed that scrap with the, the Oh, Lander absolutely, hundred percent. You know, that will live long in the memory, and I'm sure he and Richard Abra will, will have a hearty handshake. He's a professional the racing driver, therefore he will have a little bit of a moan about it. That yeah. is, it is in the rule book, of course. But he'll have thoroughly enjoyed it. Over the line comes Victor Scheiter. Now only four and a half minutes to go. So it could well be a further three laps from this point doing 201s 2012 against yeah, a two minutes be. point eight and two minutes point six for the chasing you and hanky but uh, it's still what is that 7.8 seconds back from ben barker as i say we're in mistake territory now yeah to make progress and there we have the smp garage everyone keeping their fingers crossed and listening out for any slightly erroneous rattle Things that the car, the noise that the car hasn't made so far in the race. But the SMP squad and the Air Corsa squad have been here before. They've done all they can now. Uh, just noticed, by the way, uh, 
Joe Osborne is catching Stevie S really fast and puts in the fastest middle sector of his race. He's only one and a half seconds back with three and a half minutes remaining. Osborne could be on here for a fourth position. 2017 played 2010 last time around. It's in the dirt, it's in the zone. Interesting, okay. And again, it's, uh, Victor Scheitar is having time taken out of him rapidly at the moment by Ben Barker. It's still a chunk, it's 2.1 seconds. And Sandra and Delaney, by the way, sets the second consecutive fastest middle sector of the race for the 14 car back in ninth position. Yeah. But Joe Osborne and Flick Haig, new to the GT3 Le Mans Cup for 2016. And this is their first round of their year, of the year, and on course for a top five finish. It might be a top four finish, which would give them 12 points. Great start, and they'll be wanting to come back for more, no doubt, at Spa. Now, surely Ben Barker's not held something in reserve this late. Two and a half minutes to go. So, over the line goes the Ferrari. This will be lap 57. It'll be a 58-lap race then. 1.9 seconds is the gap. It's eight seconds back to Ewan Hankey. And all of a sudden, Sahela Yari puts in the classic and modern racing Ferrari's best lap of the race, a two minutes, 0.974. So uh, actually not a personal best sector time to be spotted amongst that, but it uh, equals the car's best lap of the race. Joe Osborne also really pushing on. Smelling the chance of a fourth place finish. Steve Yes just ahead of him. There is the 72 car of Victor Scheitar leading the race. No time to relax just yet, even though there's only 90 seconds to go. That Porsche looming large in the mirrors. 1.8 seconds is the gap. It's starting to come down. But is Victor Scheitar starting to drive a little bit within himself now, knowing he's got that buffer of just less than two seconds? It ain't going to be done on this lap, though. There'll be one more required. And there's traffic. And there's traffic, OK. And to scene corner they go for the penultimate time. So, Joe Osborne, eight tenths per second now, as Ewan Hankey puts in the fastest middle sector of the race. Lots going on here. Nothing in immediate prospect. You know what? It just sends there's some drama here to come, <laughs> don't you? We've had plenty of it in 2016, as you've already made the point, and there are still good times coming in, as clearly these cars get lighter and lighter of fuel. Osborne takes four tenths. He halves the gap in the first sector on the penultimate lap. That Audi is right with the number eight car for fourth position. Half a second to go, sorry, half a minute to go, rather, as the cars work their way out of the final corner. So they'll complete lap 57 and head on to their final lap now. What's the gap? 1.5 seconds. Shaitar seems pretty happy to keep it at that margin. He's soaked up the pressure from Ben Barker. On the horizon there is Ewan Hankey. Cresting the rise and there is Joe Osborne to make the move on Steve Yes, This is for fourth position. And Joe Osborne has been closing in on that number eight Ferrari. Lap after lap, finally he gets the move done at scene corner. Good move that there from the Brit. Flick Haig will be cheering him on, I'm sure, from the pit garage. And car 75, new to the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup here at Paul Ricard, on course to just miss out on a podium, but nevertheless, finishing fourth is a great effort from those two. Now that looked to me maybe as if the eight cars out of tyres 
Uh, didn't seem to resist that move as much as you'd expect this close to the end of the race. Porsche is closing, but not closing quickly enough, I'm afraid. So the 72 car on course to take another victory for this year. That will be its third, well, for the drivers, their third of the season. And for the car, car number 72, that is, their, its second win of the year. It's a single second is the gap for the lead as they come into the final sector of the race. 8.3 seconds back from the leader is Ewan Hanke. 7.3 back there for from Ben Barker. It's a quick end to this race. Certainly is. 71 car gets the blue flag, get out of the way. Three. It does not play part in the, 70, the end of the race for the 72 car. Ben Barker trying, 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 but hasn't cleared the 71. Tight through the final right-hander. That was his last opportunity for Ben Barker. It will be another win then for Alexi Basov and Victor Scheitar. They take the championship lead away from you and Hanky and Sally Yollock by 10 points. That'll take them to 77 points for Basov and Scheitar. Hanky and Yollock come home to get 15 points for third position. And let's not forget about Ben Barker and Egidio Perfetti, who score well in the number 88 Porsche. Egidio Perfetti up to now fifth in the championship behind Basov, Shaitar, Hanke and Yolok. But uh, all smiles and a, a golf clap down there from Alexi Basov to reward his co-driver, Victor Shaitar, for another victory in this year's Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. We're still waiting for the fourth place car to cross the line, that of Joe Osborne, to take Optima Motorsports' first points of the year in the GT3 Le Mans Cup. It'll be 12 points going the way of Flick Haig and Joe Osborne. So that gets them off the mark nicely and instantly up to 10th in the team championship for Optima Motorsport. So the third place car finishes what 8.2 seconds from the lead after taking two drive-through penalties exactly <laughs> saying earlier on a question of uh, how things may have panned out were it not for that jump start were it not for the clash with was with, with uh, mark paul Lamborghini, was it not that sally got it Indeed. with yeah relatively early on just wonder whether one caused the other. Sally Yollick keen to make amends for his mistake with the jump start, trying to push on and overtake as many cars as he could. And that move, unfortunately, at turn one just wasn't on in that situation. So but 11 of the 13 cars came home. The yeah. uh, engine issue for the McLaren, I'm afraid. Um, Costa's number 55 car, then the, uh, well, a rather missed time move from Francesco Castellacci that caused damage to the front of. The 51 Ferrari 488, the AF Corsa car, shares with Thomas Fleur. And, uh, that car failed to finish the race. Lots, I'm afraid, of punctures um, punctuated this race. Not least for the number seven BMS Scuderia Italia Ferrari that uh, was up in the second position in the early running. Matteo Cressoni, later Luigi Lacchini, both suffering punctures, as did Johnny Molan in the 25 car. As did the 26 car. Sahila and Yari bringing that car home. 
Ask a modern car. So no shortage of incident, or indeed close racing, to keep us entertained. It didn't quite get a light at the end for the lead of the race. Ewan Hanke did his best, taking something like 30 seconds out of the leaders. Thoroughly entertaining, though, and TF Sport retain their team championship lead. Funnily enough, seven points they go on to after their third place finish. The 72 crew, though, are chasing them down. They've gained 10 points on Tom Ferrier's outfit. So it's 67 place 52 separating TF Sport to SMP Racing and Mentos Racing. Get 18 points, so they're also on 52 points, actually matching SMP Racing in the teams. So Gidio Perfetti and Alexi Basov were there waiting for their cars and their co-drivers to bring the leading two cars home. Peter Scheitart will be very pleased with that. I think Ben Barker will thoroughly enjoyed that, that race as well. Quickly unplugging the belts. Yeah, maybe a hint of frustration from Ben Barker that he was getting closer, closer, and then he dropped away a little bit, and then he would get close again. As you say, the yin and yang of that race. Still high-fiving the guys at Mentos Racing, though. I'm sure Gidea Buffetti very, very happy with Ben Barker's efforts. And we will, in a moment, be able to catch up with the drivers for the number 72 Ferrari, who now lead the driver standings and are catching TF Sport in the team's championship but it's a lead of 10, 10 points that uh, Alexi and Victor will take to Spa the next round of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup at the end of September another wonderful circuit for these GT3 cars to be let loose on and let's hope we can get a shade more than 13 cars to that one absolutely and uh, seeing Ben Barker's body language there frustration I think is the, the key well, another successful race for you guys and your third consecutive win. Uh, yes, thank you very much. It's a big goal uh, result and uh, pole position, uh, three race uh, first position. It's good, good strong, uh, strong team. Uh, we with Victor, good, good, good drivers. And uh, I start uh, uh, my session is. Uh, first on corner, it's second position. I uh, look uh, with uh, Aston and uh, a little, little uh, uh, line. My and uh, after uh, after the control situation, it's uh, change, dri uh, change driver. And uh, I look uh, Victor. Good job, Victor. It's uh, all resulted good. Thank you very much. You are happy. I am happy. Victor happy. We happy. We happy. SMP happy. Excellent. <laughs> SMP have SMP forever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No lack of support there for the SMP crew, and you can understand it. They're on a crest of a wave at the moment. They most certainly are. Yeah, and I think what he was trying to tell us there, and uh, I thoroughly appreciate Alexei Basov and, and his increasing attempts to actually get, um, you know, interviews together. It's not easy when it's not your first language. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to, I think, explain about the jump start uh, for uh, for uh, Sally Yollock that cost the TF Sport team. The first of those two drive-through penalties. Then I agree with you, Johnny. I think Sally probably get let his enthusiasm get the better of him in trying to recover the ground, and that's what led to the clash at Turn One. Uh, just made a bit of a silly error there, frankly. But uh, ultimately, provided the pair of them, uh, Sally Yollock and Ewan Hankey, won the drive of the race, coming back through the field 
not once, not twice, but three times. Uh, but uh, all good fun. So, a chance to, to look back on the last two hours of GT3 racing. First of all, good movement there from Matteo Crisoni. He was way back on the third row, and he was door handle to door handle with Hiroshi Hamaguchi. But that was the move made by Sally Yollock around the outside in the TF Sports Aston Martin after what was called eventually as a jump start, though the Aston judged to be marginally ahead, half a car ahead of the SMP Racing Ferrari. To be fair, Alexi Basov got the place back again legitimately, and then the Aston fell to third position after Crisoni left it late at scene corner to charge up the inside, and then the penalty was issued, first of all, for the jump start, and then in a way to try and get back up the order. That move really wasn't on against Mark Poole, and it resulted in uh, Mark's Lamborghini Huracan being pitched sideways. This was the first of two punctures for the number seven Ferrari of Crisoni. Luigi Lucchini during his stint also had to endure a rear left puncture. This was a great fight up until this point. Ooh, and then Mark Poole caught the rear of Flick Haig's Audi R8. It spun Flick and she was able to rejoin eventually. And once Joe Osborne got on board that number uh, 75 car, he took it to fourth position. So a combined effort to a great um, event for Optimum Motorsport. There was a clash there between Francesco Castellacci and in the number eight car at the time. Hmm, good question. It may well have been. It was Stevie yes. I thought it was. It was later on in the race than I was imagining. And that, unfortunately, uh, meant that Castellacci was out on the spot. But Stevie S hung on in the end for a fifth-place finish, just caught uh, just before the line on the final lap, pretty much, by Joe Osborne. But there's the flashing of the lights from the SMP Racing pilot, uh, Victor Scheitar. And Sergei Slobin, very, very happy, just waiting for the optimum moment to start his round of applause. And there is the wave from Victor Scheidtar, back to join his co-driver, Alexi Basov, for the high five, for the fist pump. And the top three cars are there in Park Fermi. So 58 laps completed in the end by the number 72 SMP Racing Ferrari of Alexi Basov and Victor Scheidtar, winning the race by 1.5 seconds. The Mentos Racing Porsche of Giudio Perfetti and Ben Barker will be on the second step of the podium ahead of the TF Sport, uh, Sally Yolick, Ewan Hankey-driven Aston Martin V12 Vantage GT3. And all six drivers are just to stage right now for to the left of the podium and SMP Racing emblazoned on the front of Alexi's overalls there. Well, about to, about to take the top step of the podium. Maybe underwhelmed Sally Yollock, hoping, wishing that uh, that mistake hadn't come at the start of the race. They were, well, showed fabulous pace this weekend. And Sally Yollock actually gets to the third step of the podium via the top step. Is there any irony in that? Sure. Well, Sally Yollock and Ewan Hankey on the third step of the podium, Graham. Rootful, I think, is the, uh, the description I give of Sally Yollock. He knows he's got speed. Yeah. He needs to be full free, and he wasn't today. And I think that's what you're seeing in Sally's, uh, Sally's expression, is he knows there's a big sigh there. A rather happier Gilles Buffetti. Uh, I'm guessing a rather entertained Ben Barker. Uh, but uh, can't argue with a very controlled drive here from Alexei Basov and Victor Scheitar. I have to tell you, not as dominant as I thought they would be here. Um, by no means did the 488s do what uh, we've seen it do to the field uh, in previous races, uh, but both drivers drove a very good race. Here's the national anthem.
national anthem of Russia for SMP Racing and for the two pilots, Alexei Basov and Victor Shaitar to their right, Virginia Pepetti and Ben Barker. And the golf overalls, by the way, from Golf Racing, the uh, car that he regularly races in the World Endurance Championship. And the trophies now being handed to the two pilots from TF Sport, Ewan Hankey and Sally Yolik. And shakes all round from the SMP drivers. Very, very happy with their efforts. Thirsty work, though, you can tell from... Uh, Victor Scheitar still gathering his breath back, I think, from a high-pressured stint, mainly thanks to this guy, Ben Barker. Sets up, doesn't it, I think, a very, very interesting last couple of rounds of this championship uh, at Spa, which has got some aspects of the, the, the track that are pretty similar to what we've got here, but it does have, this doesn't, it's a lot of elevation. Uh, it's a power track for sure. And then uh, the trophy is presented by Pierre Fillon, the president of the ACO. Estoril to finish the season. That, I think, is going to be a really interesting one. Which of these packages, which of these driver squads is it going to, fa uh, is, is to favour uh, when we get to the final knock into this season? And uh, the decision about who gets that big prize fund and the biggest prize of all, which is an entry at the 124 hours. Well, there are 52 points still on offer as the champagne is sprayed now on the, on the uh, podium for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup so that pretty much means that uh, it's down to just a handful of drivers Alexi Bassoff and Victor Scheitar lead on 77 10 points back Ewan Hankey and Sally Yolok on 67 and Egidio Perfetti on his own on 52 and then we have Adrian Quaife Hobbs and Hiroshi Hamaguchi on 36 and exactly what Adrian Quaife Hobbs said it's going to be tough from there considering as I say there are only 52 points on offer now and they trail by 40 um, they've basically got to have the perfect last two races and other people to hit problems Francesco Castellacci and Thomas Fleur actually not very far away from those guys two points further back so you could say that they're still arguably in the mix definitely out of it now well we know Nigel Moore and Philip Hansen have turned their attention to LMP3 Ben Barker's right up there to 12th position from nowhere with his second place but it's between, what, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine drivers, you could argue, as far as the Drivers' Championship is concerned, with two further rounds to go. And in a moment, we'll get confirmation of how the Team Championship is concerned. This is slightly different, because bear in mind that Bassoff and Shaitar scored one of their 25 points, one of their wins, in a different car. So they've now got a couple of wins to their name for the number 72 machine team championships about to be confirmed there we go so it is still TF Sport at the head of the standings on 67 points 15 points further back two teams SMP Racing and Mentos Racing so very tight for second and then it's the McLaren 650S of Triple F Racing team by ASM on 36 so uh, they're 31 points back from TF Sport again pressure's on a little bit the optimum racing guys though optimum rather than optimum uh, are on 12 points so into the top 10 already for the teams after just one race so a great effort that and then we have FF Corsa, AF Corsa and the last few are the guys, the teams that took part in the Rota Le Mans race in June but yes two further races to come for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup it will be the two hours of Spa to come at the end of September and then we head to Estoril in Portugal to end the inaugural 
Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup season in Portugal. We hope in slightly finer weather than the, the, the same meeting was held last year. One final bit of congratulation, though, to the two drivers that take another win, Alexi Bassoff and Victor Scheitar. My thanks to Graham Goodwin, editor of DailySportsCard.com. It's Johnny Palmer signing off for the moment, but the next race we go to is Spa-Francorchamps in a month's time. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.